0: Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio, episode 471. We're finally getting to the calendar (laughs) contest results, and we are going to be joined by Rob Christian um, and we're going to be chatting about, so for everybody that doesn't know, and you didn't get a calendar from last year, Rob had the picture of the Barnex scrub yeah. that although not
1: officially, not officially read
2: That's weird that we did that, but he I, used he, to be, he didn't oh, when seem we started, too broken it up it about it when we claimed it. So, you know, he yeah. accepted graciously and then kept going. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah, um,
0: so yeah, so we're gonna be talking about uh, that, and and obviously uh, there's different things about Rob and what he's got going on because he also has a podcast as well. So we'll get yeah, into that and he's well, been, but...
2: you know, he, he I first met him up at Nerd, so you know he's got
0: awesome dude, yeah, awesome. awesome.
2: Like he's got a ton of stuff down there, like run around there. It's like. You go up to nerd, and I'm like, oh man, I'm really hoping I'm not going to like totally embarrass myself. And he's like, dude, check out my scrub. I'm like, all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, so,
0: did you know then that retics weren't your thing, Owen? Or were you like, I should have learned then? I should have learned right mm-hmm. then and there.
2: And, but I'm foolish. Shame. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, come on. So. Um all right. So anything uh oh wait. So before we get into anything, we want to make sure that everybody understands the way things are going, right? So we, right. you know, are under this Mireia Python radio network thing. We yes. got Muralia Python radio, we got Colubrid Corner is a yep. new one that sort of came uh out as of recent. That's yep. Owen and Riley. Um and they're talking about you know a specific species of colubrid. Um, you probably and, you've
2: never heard about. Yes, so yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so that's sort of what they're doing. Um, and then um Student of the Serpent is something that me and Rob Stone are doing, something sort of similar, but different in the way podcasts have been done as far as reptile podcasts go. Um, and then we also have carpet cliff notes. So out of those three, if you want, they're all on their own feed. So if you want to subscribe to them or listen to them, you go know, go look up uh those. Uh, you can also go to our website, com, and you can see all the different podcasts right on the homepage.
2: Slowly so. growing the empire. So. <laughs> <laughs> going to us yes. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't remember. It's I can't remember the last time we talked, Owen. I don't...
2: <laughs> it, was, it was, I think, a week ago. I don't remember. We do this weekly, right? Yeah.
0: No, no, no. It seems longer yeah. than that. But, yeah, okay. it does. Um, but uh, everything cool? Nothing? No issues? No problems? No
2: issues? No problems? I'm getting right into... it. Like, breeding season started over here. I already had to pair the Cribo and the um, Madagascar Giants and a couple other big breeds, And then, you know all the other pythons are in the starve right now. So everyone's really unhappy with me. And, uh, but I have not been bit as of yet, but it's coming.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah.
2: This is usually <laughs> when it happens. Um, and then, yeah, dude, like November's right around the corner and then it starts to cool down.
0: It's starting to get cool now here, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. It's i like going that. down at six thirty.
2: 30. There's <laughs> finally know? freaking cooperating for once in the past five years,
0: yeah. you know? Yeah. So, Okay. All right, cool. So I guess if that's all we got, um, I'm trying. I think there's something we're forgetting, right?
2: No. Uh, you have under housekeeping blank. So I don't blank. know what the hell that means. Wow. <laughs>
0: so, okay. <laughs> well, apparently that was a big waste. Of space. Yeah, it was a
2: good. That was a good. <laughs> These the good kind of uh, notes for the show. <laughs>
0: so, we have to put a pin in it because I'm curious to see mm. to get to when we when we're talking to Rob. Mm. Remind me to ask him mm. about. What it's like to get a breeding facility like Nerd ready for breeding season? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we stress, and we have what thirteen
3: clutches? <laughs> like I, yeah, maybe?
2: I mean that's just got to be a mass undertaking, and a lot of the stuff there are breeding constantly. Like, yes. yeah, oh god, <laughs> put a pin in it. Okay. Yeah, okay.
0: Let's welcome Rob to the show. How you doing? Glad What's to finally have up,
3: you, guys. I'm super pumped to be on. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. Not much, so. dude. So, um, I guess where we start with everybody is, you know, what dragged you into reptiles? What what brought you to us?
3: Well. I actually got started with arachnids. My mom kept tarantulas before I was born, so like when I was little, instead of like other pets, I had tarantulas. So when she would clean the enclosures, she would let me hold them and walk around on the like walk around on me. And so like ever since I was really really young, like two three years old, I was always fascinated by spiders. And then with spiders, usually goes snakes not too far behind. So (laughs) you know, go out into the yard looking for spiders, and I would eventually find garter snakes and salamanders and also stuff like that and big into dinosaurs and the next closest thing that you can get to dinosaurs is reptiles so i was just like all about it from you know very young age i would go out and catch snakes my dad is from the caribbean so he's mm-hmm. terrified of snakes so i wasn't allowed <laughs> to keep snakes when i was a kid Oh, wow. Yeah. He's he's like – to this day, he's never willingly touched a snake. He does not like snakes at all.
0: You can't convert them, huh? It's I awkward, can't. Dude. And you know what? It's crazy
3: because I do a lot of education, and yeah. I am really good at getting people who are afraid of snakes to get over that fear. But he is just like so ingrained. He will not come near them. Won't right. come near them. <laughs> oh, so man. when I was little, I wasn't allowed to keep snakes, so I would just go catch them. And I could like keep them at my house for the day. And then my parents' rule was at sunset, you got to let them all go. Because they were like, you're gonna catch every snake in the region, so you can't keep (laughs) all of them. (laughs) I remember coming home with like 40 and 50 snakes at the end of the day, just like milk snakes, (laughs) ringneck snakes, garter snakes. The place I was at just was like loaded up with snakes. So I was always just all about it, and then I would see if I could get them to eat and all that sort of stuff. So when I was really little, I was just fascinated, and every book that I could get from the library was gonna be about reptiles. My Elementary school teachers had to write notes home to my parents saying, hey, look, we know that he likes reptiles, but he can't make every vocabulary word about reptiles.
2: (laughs) That sounds like a challenge yeah it
3: (laughs) it was very challenging i couldn't if it didn't relate to reptiles i really couldn't care about it it just is always in me from and I, i was subscribed to reptiles magazine as soon as it came out and when reptile forums when i got the internet at my house i was all over the forums and chat rooms and just trying to talk to people and do as much as i can to get involved with reptiles
2: nice so what was when you finally were able to keep reptiles what was like the first one
3: um reptiles like yes. actual reptiles my first one was a horrible first pet was a jackson's chameleon and
1: <laughs> no, no.
3: <laughs> yeah, we, we actually did really great with it but like looking back now i would not have picked that as my first one <laughs> Right. we had had frogs before that and newts and stuff like that but we didn't have reptiles and then we had actually gone on vacation to Connecticut and ended up going to this pet store this like horrible horrible pet store and they had hmm. a Jackson's chameleon there and I was like oh my god it's a dinosaur like the three horns on it was a yeah. male and I had the three horns yeah. and I was just like fell in love with it and my mom was like oh that's kind of unique I've never seen a lizard like that because you know why we had never seen them because they were illegal in Massachusetts at the time which we didn't know oh, so no. <laughs> we bought this illegal chameleon and ended up bringing it back home and we didn't find out that they were illegal until a couple years later um we got him as an adult a couple years later he ended up getting an eye infection um and we brought him to the local vet and he was like hey look i'll treat him for you but these are illegal in the state so you should try to get a permit okay yeah and so we ended up going to fishing game trying to get a permit and they said uh no we were mm-hmm. like, look, we want to give you money so that we can keep our pets. So you guys don't bust down our door, you know, trying no, try no, to take away our pets.
2: No,
1: we busting down the door. Okay. That's what they want. Yeah. Right.
3: So they basically told us, you know, I was like 10 or 12 years old at the time. And they were like, look, you need to have an education business. If you can prove that you're doing it for education, we'll give you a permit. So my mom was like. We already take the reptiles in for show and tell at schools all the time, so why not just make a little business out of it? We can make a little bit of money to help take care of the animals, and we can get a permit for our chameleons. So that's what we did, and we started doing education when I was like 10 or 12 years old, and we did Uh hundreds and hundreds of programs. We did the Boston Public Library system. I did schools, summer camps, you name it. I did it, and uh, you know all that from just getting that one chameleon uh, so that we could kind of keep it legally because they didn't really want to give us a permit for it.
0: And that's kind of what you do now, right? I mean, you're yeah. doing like a lot of.
3: That is one of my favorite parts of my job right now. Is <laughs> actually before I did before this call tonight, I just did a 11 year old's birthday party, and oh, she wow. just got her first pet snake, and she is like over the moon. So she came to Nerd to uh, have a reptile birthday party with like. 10 of her closest friends and so you know everybody's staying safe and sanitizing and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff um but you know getting to come here and experience a big you know reticulated python and seeing a big water monitor and getting to work with reptiles and even the people who are afraid at the program like i said my thing is getting people over their fear that's right. my favorite thing to do so uh there was a couple of people at the beginning of the program who were like i can't even be in the same room with these snakes and by the end they at least all Pet a snake and a bearded dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's,
2: that's the goal. That's, that takes some talent, dude. I mean, I've I'll had, take it. Yeah, I, I've had educational programs where the the parents will run screaming from the room when the Burmese python comes out. Oh yeah, you know, I've had and, those. <laughs> yeah, but it's that, that takes some talent. That's awesome. I love that idea.
0: Yeah. So. What's the What's the most
3: challenging part of that of that uh, job? You know, like for doing the educational programs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The, one of the tougher parts is that uh, a lot of the parents kind of set the role for how their kids are going to react because yeah. kids really don't feel one way or another about reptiles until they see someone react to them. Right. So there's a lot of parents who have instilled this like horrifying fear in spiders and snakes and anything that's not a cat or a dog. Right. So. Getting some of those kids over that is really tough. And then the other biggest thing is that for programs at our store, we do like an hour long program and then they get the room for another hour to do cake and presents and stuff like that with like Mm -hmm. hanging out with the reptiles and stuff. And uh, a child's attention span is about 40 to 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, then (laughs) it's gone.
3: At the end of the hour, it's like a lot of kids who are under 10 years old, it's really tough to keep them invested in it. Even if you've got really cool stuff to talk about and to show them, you know, their attention span is at that 45 minute cap, unless they're like a diehard reptile fan, then they'll be with you the whole time. But, you know, the kids who come there because that's their friend, it's tough to keep them invested and, and, you know, past that 45 minute mark. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that's a couple of words that come to mind when I, when I think of you, it's like, uh, you know, passion and enthusiasm and positivity, which, you know, usually find those three things
1: together. <laughs> um,
0: you know, I mean, that's awesome that you're, you know, uh, out there, you know, teaching the next generation of, of herpers, if you will, um, you know, the, the value of uh, of these animals, so that's awesome, man.
3: It's Google. really cool because you get like a lot of people who are online and on Facebook groups and all this and that and the other thing, and they, you know, they want to say that, oh, you know, this is what you got to do to teach kids about reptiles, but they're not actually out there teaching people about reptiles, mm-hmm. or, or seeing what are ki- getting kids interested in reptiles like, I know a lot of people really hate, like, Brian Barcheck. I know some people feel some type of way about some of the other YouTube people who keep snakes, you know, Emily from Snake Discovery or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but I can't tell you how many kids come in and they're like, that was their you know, Jeff Corwin or Steve Irwin that's the person sure. who really stoked that fire in them, yeah. and then right. they've gone and done so much more research beyond just, you know, watching Brian Bartek's laws or just watching Emily from snake discovery. I get a lot of people who are just like, those people helped me get started and get that ball rolling. And it's crazy to me how many people are like, we need to just get rid of everybody. Who's not, you know, my little idea of what a reptile educator should be. And, you know, if they actually talk to kids and people who are out there getting educated, they learn that those people are opening up the door to learn more about these reptiles and, you know, not everyone's got the perfect role model to get started with doing whatever they're passionate about but if they're passionate about it they grow and they expand and they learn and and they really get more invested and they really want to expand their horizons past where they started they always have appreciation for that start but they always want to learn more and i think that that's really cool uh with all the kids that i'm teaching today you know i can't tell you how many kids have been like oh my god you met emily from snake discovery and they're like super geeked out about it (laughs) and then they end up at nerd and it's like such a different kind of place than her videos (laughs) it's (laughs) uh, it's just interesting because the, the, i meet a lot of kids who are like kind of into it and then you know i got a couple die hard kids who come in and they're just like i know everything i know this i know that i bring out a king cobra and i don't bring out a king cobra but you know they see it, they <laughs> right. see a king cobra in the room and they're like oh that's a king cobra they eat other snakes and they get 18 feet long and i'm like Wow, you're how old? And they're like, Oh, I'm seven and a half. And I'm like, right. damn, damn. That, that's crazy. <laughs> I like you, kid. Yeah, I like you. You can hang around, you're cool. <laughs> right. That's
2: awesome. Yeah,
3: I think that's
0: the trick man, right? You have to get them. It's sort of like what's happened with me, and you, it's the same thing. Get right? them all you, they're young. You know, yeah. When you get them when they're young and you you inspire them so much that they want to continue to learn, right? You know, yes. even if you're only giving them basic information, you're you're setting the stage, which let's be honest, some some breeders don't even do this today in the reptile hobby where they like inspire somebody to go out and like continue to learn more about whatever it is that they're passionate about you know mm-hmm. and like you as this reptile educator which you know you know some people will be like oh you know you're just talking to kids about reptiles you know blah 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 but like you're inspiring them to want to learn more and like you know maybe be the next steve Irwin or jeff corwin or brian barczak or whatever it would be. you know what you know what i mean whatever
1: like that, they want that to be. next yeah. generation yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah and it's it's crazy because Uh, I've seen all different kinds. I got some kids who are like, I just have got like three or four reptiles and I just want to go crazy with the bio. I want to make all planted enclosures and I like to watch how they interact inside of their environment. I just like watching those couple animals. And I got some kids who are like, I want to have a hundred snakes and I want to breed snakes every year and I want to do what you're doing. And then I got some people who are like, I just want to do education. I just want to do what you're doing and help teach people about the the next generation of, of animals and where we can help save these animals in the wild and you know when i do a program at a school or at a birthday party i usually will bring like one or two animals that are like whoa that's really crazy unusual and if there's someone who's a reptile fan like a diehard reptile fan they'll be like okay that's cool but a lot of the stuff that I bring is just, you know, your average pet that you might have seen, you know, ball pythons, leopard geckos, crested geckos, bearded dragons, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a boa, a big berm or articulated python. You know, something that the average person, their experience with reptiles is like, I saw the movie Anaconda or I saw the movie Holes <laughs> and they had those things with the frills and they spit venom and that, like right. that's what they think about reptiles. And so if you can show them that, oh, no, no, like let me show you 15 different animals that almost every single one you can pet them, touch them, and they're not going to try and bite you. They're not evil. They're not what you expect them to feel like. And for most people who have no frame of reference, just getting that little bit of interaction with all these very mellow animals when all they've been told their whole life or the only thing in media that they're seeing is that they're evil – it's so cool to see their, you know, the gears in their mind turning and they're going, wait, I feel like I've been lied to my whole life. Why well, was I like, afraid of this thing? <laughs> right. It's crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, have you found that, like, you know, dealing with different ages, you have to, you, I guess you have to approach it differently, right? I mean, like, if you have young kids, you approach it one way. And if you have. Yeah.
3: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. With the little kids, it's all about the names. It's all about you know kind of personifying the animal i like to give everything kind of like uh, food names because that usually gets people over that initial fear because if you bring out a blue-eyed leucistic ball python that's name is marshmallow they go oh i like <laughs> right. marshmallows yeah. this is white and <laughs> fluffy look at this and it, it becomes their best friend right. you bring out you know a red bearded dragon and his name is salsa and they go oh salsa silly i really like that i i right. like salsa so it kind of like brings it down to their level where they they can associate with something that's already not threatening in their life and if you can do that it helps them build on that and then they go okay that's not an evil bearded dragon or not you know spiky lizard that's salsa i'm cool with him or that's marshmallow or you know cotton candy or whatever it is it just helps people kind of get over it and then with the older people, that really still helps with a lot of those people. I mean, I still give out more, you know, complex information for a little bit of those bigger groups. You know, the kids want to know what's its name, what does he like to eat, does he sleep right. at night, all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, but I do programs for like literally every age group. I've done a one-year-old's birthday party, and then not even that long ago, I did a, a birthday party for a woman that was turning. 86 or something and she was like i just got i just found out that snakes are really cool like a year ago and now i've got a bunch of ball pythons and i want to do a bunch of cool things. So you wow. know, I've done everything from little kids to people who are older. I've done people who are afraid of reptiles who are like, I'm doing this as immersion therapy where I need to just get over it uh, all the way up to people who have their own reptile collections and just want to see something on a larger scale. Or, you know, Nerd has got such a giant, diverse collection that yeah. I can sh- pretty much anyone, I can show you something that you haven't experienced in person before. So right. that's always that's a part that's interesting to me because I get it all over the spectrum. It's really fun to me to do the kids birthday parties and to help people get over their fears and stuff. But it's even more fun when I get someone who's like, okay, I've got 20 ball pythons. I got some boas, I got some carpet pythons. <laughs> yeah, show sure. me something I haven't seen. Right. And then I can bring all the stuff that wants to bite and all the fun stuff. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> those parties are fun too. good stuff. That's
1: yeah, really exactly. Br-
3: yeah. Bring out blue beauties and cave dwelling rat snakes. Hey, I had someone- well, yeah, I'm there's, not, the, there's a video on our Facebook me. page because yeah, owen was ruined yeah we went when there we
0: went to
2: nerd and you pull, <laughs> i think you pulled out a cave dweller and yep. then left the, left the room which was a very <laughs> that was a very that was a very professional move so like, yeah. now you I've know got what them. you're doing yeah. you're cool <laughs> so you, you, you leave and now i'm like now all i want is this and like <laughs> i went home and i couldn't find any so i ended up settling on a pair of blue beauties yeah. Cause you know, I'm, I'm like drug addict at that point. I needed it. So, <laughs> And now I'm like, I love these things. So, yeah, uh, you, you yeah, I attribute that one to you at that point. So Yeah,
3: I love them, man. And and it's it's cool. I literally just had two programs recently where the people have got a few reptiles, and they're like, I just want to see big colubrids. I heard that you guys have, like, crebos here and, you know, Taiwan Beauties and all this stuff. I want to see those things. And I'm like, oh, we just got in some uh, Spolodi Sulfuris, some of the giant Brazilian puffing snakes. Let's check oh. some of those guys out. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, that's cool. Okay. So let's, oh, yes. let's hang. Patias, it's always
2: good when you can be nerdy yeah. with about something with other people where it's like, oh, you want to see the good stuff. Like yeah, I well, I got you're good. down, let's you do know, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go to the back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Awesome. That's cool. All
1: right.
0: Yeah. All right. So before we get we're gonna get into the calendar winners in a minute, but I cool. have a question. With all the species that you've worked with or working with or you know, exposed to it, nerd or whatever,
3: do you have a favorite? Yeah. Scrubs, scrubs, hands well, down. It it's funny because Nerd <laughs> n- doesn't really have a lot of scrubs. Like, almost all the scrubs in the building are mine. Right. Um, <laughs> but they're my favorite. They're, I mean, as far as snakes go, they're definitely my favorite, hands down. Uh, there's nothing like them, in my opinion. I mean, uh, Papuan pythons or Papuan pythons, the like all of pop one pythons those Mm -hmm. guys uh, are kind of similar but i don't know if anything matches the intelligence of scrubs besides like maybe the king cobras but i don't really like working with king cobras all that much so
0: well, let me ask this question, because there's a lot of retics there that you guys are working with. you find that they're on on level with retics or retics that scrubs re-ticks are higher? Retics are
3: dumb. I don't know. How they, I don't want to <laughs> say that they're dumb. I don't want to say that they're <laughs> dumb. I'm going to make a lot of people angry right now. But I'm not going to say that they're dumb, but I've never seen a scrub python like maliciously chew on a water dish or a side of the tub or a snake hook like
2: oh oh no scrubs scrubs will go
3: up and they'll test it they go up and like bump it with their nose and they're like that's not food that's not warm I, i know that's not the thing that i gotta bite and then they like reassess the situation Reticulated pythons are just like mouths. They're just like, grab this, grab that, everything. i got to grab everything. Maybe it's, I'll hit something eventually. <laughs> they go my oh, so, shark.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. At some point. Yeah,
3: exactly. They're like, I'm going to test everything. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Retics are definitely smarter than ball pythons and like a lot of other sure. yeah, yeah, lower yeah. snakes. But right. they are not the pinnacle of pythons. I don't care what anyone says. They're not. They just, any animal that sits there and chews and constricts a uh, the side of a t- Tub or a water dish or a a snake hook is not that smart.
0: It wasn't Snarfles that was doing that, was it? He, I don't even
3: want to talk about him.
0: because
3: <laughs> He holds a very special place in Kevin's heart, but snakes like that, I look at them and I go, King Cobra, right to the King right, Cobra. Right, 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 right. <laughs> don't even let it get out of the egg. Right into the King Cobra's enclosure.
0: Yes, I think I would agree with that. Right <laughs> to King Cobra. Yeah. Or um, a python or whatever.
3: Exactly, yeah. and that's, that's some place where, like, Kevin has a huge place in his heart for animals like that, and he's like, let's take care of them and you know if we can give them a loving home we should do that i see stuff come out like that and i'm like that is a lot more extra work for everyone involved let's go right. to the king cobra and I mean, the king go- cobra's happy we don't got to take extra time and we're right. good everybody's happy
2: right god what were you gonna say owen i mean like just throw it to the cobra then it's gone then it's oh, then yeah, no yeah, yeah. For anybody yep. it's-
0: right exactly yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> so let me add, so let me go even a little bit deeper. Okay, so scrub pythons. Is there yeah. a specific? Do you have a specific either s- uh, species or locality that that you, that you that you're drawn to?
3: I love my surrounding barnex. Honestly, I mean, yeah. I, I've got What'd a little group with? of different variety of scrubs, mm-hmm. but I I find that I just enjoy working with my Barnecks the most. I mean, they're gorgeous. They get decent size, and Janet, the one who won the contest last year i've had her since she was like almost red like she, she was a oh fresh baby. A baby, and, baby and then oh i've wow. raised her up to this animal that's you know right now she's probably at 10 or 11 feet long and she's six years old and you know right. that snake to me is like just my favorite thing i love every time that i interact with her it's just pleasant i really she's only bitten me once and it was completely 100 percent my fault it was when she was like maybe four feet long three or four feet long um and other than that, I don't even use a hook to get her out. I literally just oh. will take my hat, I lay it right over the top of her, and as soon as I do that, she knows that I'm not there feeding her. I can pick her right up, you know, while she's still in the enclosure. I can pick her right up, and you know, she's not head shy at all. I can touch her face; she doesn't care. I've she's just amazing. And I, I love that snake to death and I've got a few other barnecks as well. Um, and they're nice and I like working with them and everything, but Janet definitely holds a place in my heart for like all the snakes that I work with.
0: When we were at, uh, that reminds me of, um, I had this barneck that came from Dave Prada and his mm-hmm. name is yes. weed. Right. And, uh, Tweed. yeah, oh, this, 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 it was a barneck, but he was like, he, he was super black, you know, like had a lot of black, like not that you ever saw in a, in a scrub. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, this scrub, like, so at the time, me and Owen are, like, big time in the scrubs, right? We're getting every scrub we could possibly get, we're getting, and... Like they're all biting the shit out of us every yep. you
2: know, what you mean? Bleeding everywhere expression at.
0: ports were just covered with blood. And and here's just one that's just skin like are
2: coming off. Like, yeah, it, like it was a bad thing, dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You are just holding this scrub and you're just like, I don't understand why you are so different. Why do you like hate it? It? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. No, it's like ah. what if yeah. we what if we hold it like this? Nope, still nope. Like, no, yeah.
3: And they know, they know hundred percent what they're doing. Like, yeah. I've seen scrubs. Like most snakes, they're angry at you, like bloods and short tails, and like a lot of other snakes, if they're angry um and you're holding them and someone else is in the room, the other person's a threat. They don't (laughs) usually like turn down and like look at your arm and they're not like, oh, the thing that's holding me is also a threat. They're everything else is a threat. You're holding them, you're cool. Scrubs, they know they're like, oh, you're holding me, you're also warm. I'm gonna bite that too. And you know, they they don't let it go and they're like they're one of the few snakes that I've encountered that will use like every single inch of their strike range like most snakes are like ah a third of the body you're cool you stay out of that you're cool scrubs will like use half of their body and they use if they want to touch you they'll touch you like there's there's no getting away from it they're like on top of it and like we had Dennis McNamara on our on the podcast that I do uh recently and he was talking yeah. about one of his scrubs that he had opened up the tub and he was like not like focusing directly on her he was just like focusing on whatever he's doing he opened up the door and before he realized that her nose was touching his chest and she wasn't trying to bite him she cool. was just checking him out but she like cool. you know. Eight foot of scrub came out and like just gently touched his chest to see what's going on, and when that happens, Did you know, he I, a little bit. I mean, that's, up, not, I mean,
2: that's a little. That's a year old. That's off your nothing.
3: Life. That's nothing yeah. bad about him. That I would piss too. No, yeah, I'd be like, oh my god, oh. no. <laughs> that's an experience, you know. Yeah, <laughs> oh
2: I dear god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no dude i don't want him that fast and smart no
1: <laughs>
3: right right You need the some, dumb ones <laughs> like, if <laughs> that snake had wanted to bite him it oh man it could have <laughs> annihilated yeah. him but yeah. they know they can test they can understand it's like it's a it's dynamic i don't know what it is like not every scrub is like that but most scrubs are like just a step above all the other snakes that I work with. So like whenever I think about scrubs, I just think about these like super smart. And then like I got these Waminas and then I touch them and they race and piss and they like lose their minds. They don't know what the hell's going on. But like (laughs) my Barnax, you can see them like thinking about what I'm, what my next move is going to be. Like when Mm -hmm. I'm moving the hook around, you know, they might not always uh, dial their head into what you're doing, but their eyes are always watching. And, you know, I just love that about them because after you worked at, you know, nerd and you've worked it with, thousands and thousands and thousands of snakes you know I still love my bloods and short tails but the scrubs are just like different they're on a whole different experience they're everything about them's different to me so i just i love that and i can't say enough good things about them they're definitely not for everybody like i don't think if you're listening to this right now and you're like oh man i need a challenge i need to go get a scrub python no don't don't (laughs) like don't do that start Um, with the carpet yeah (laughs) yeah, start with the carpet python 100 get a carpet python see how you like it if you can handle a carpet like a jungle when it's you know a little nutcase chainsaw when it's under two foot <laughs> right. um and you still like it then maybe think about a scrub but they're right. super duper not for everybody like i don't think that they should be the next big thing in the reptile yeah. community I, but I love the hell out of those things man if if it was if you were to say okay you can only keep one type of snake from now on that's it and you can't breed them you can't do anything you can only just have one kind of snake it'd be scrubs hands down
2: yeah Jeez. Cool. it yeah. almost makes you want to like uh, i know eric got lit up by a scrub in uh Australia was that Rob that got hit by the scrub in Australia? No, Rob got
0: hit by the Rob scrub. Rob got hit by the scrub in Australia, yeah. like
2: right it's in like, the foot. It's <laughs> like that <laughs> once in a lifetime experience where you're like, ah, oh, God.
1: Dude, I just got tagged by a scrub in
0: the wild. Nothing King, yes. Hor- King Horn Eye. Like, come got, on, man. I got a King Horn Eye
1: ripped into me. Like, yes. yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. Like, I know I've said it a million times, but since you're so enthusiastic about scrubs, you'll appreciate this story, right? You know, yep. we're driving down Tully Road, right? It's supposed to be known for its jungle carpets, like Tully jungle carpets. It's yep. the spot, you know? I mean, everything is perfect. We're driving down. There's these, like banana plantation fields on both sides of us when we sort of come out of like what you consider like i guess like the jungle type of spot that mm-hmm. it was right and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we're driving down and like it's it's late at night and 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 all of a sudden we look and you know how like you know how like when when you're herping you think you see snakes But you're like, I must be missing them because I don't see them. And they must be right in front of my face. But then when you actually see the snake, you're like... This, like, something happens in your brain, and you're like, oh my God, it's a there
1: snake. It's it a snake. <laughs> Start geeking then, out. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're running down to catch this snake, and you're like, holy shit, it's this king horn eye scrub. What the fuck? <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> and it was super chill, man. Super uh, chill, super chill. Until, um, grabbed and Rob. until it lit Rob up. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, 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 no. The first, the one I found was. The one that was super chill—it's just okay. you know, the, you know, real. Oh man, it's super chill. We're holding it for you we know Well, we weren't holding it, but you
2: know. I mean, no, no, no of course not. No one ever touched any reptiles in Look, Australia. man. <laughs> About that,
3: if Chandler's Wildlife can post a picture of a uh, Owen Pelli python on his forehead, you guys can handle a scrub python. It's okay.
1: He right. <laughs> posted that
3: on Instagram, and I was like, oh damn, I didn't know it was okay to do that. Uh, okay,
1: okay. Yeah.
2: Oh, I didn't know but, uh, all the rules were gone. All right. Yeah, cool. I didn't know that. Damn. Yeah.
0: My bad. You're not supposed to post those pictures until you're out of the country. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, then, then, fair game. But
2: before, they, can, yeah. they can't get you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you might
0: get stopped uh, yeah, when you're trying
2: to on leave. the way back. If you go back, they might, they might, they might frisk you. Well, yeah. dude,
0: yeah. I mean, you would, you, I, I'm telling you, man. As much as you love Scrub, you would have freaked, uh, dude. It was, it was such a life changing experience to see oh. Scrub by Bond in the wild, man. Yes. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Badass. Sure. So never have the chance. Do it. Okay. All right. NPR 2021 calendar contest. Let's get into it. Um, Yes. I will say that I don't know if it's just Owen going through and um, he has a new job to pick out the pictures ahead of time. Um, But they really did a good job at, like, not having tub shots.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. Those, those people didn't make it past round one. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, fair enough.
3: I saw a lot of them in the thread. Yeah. Oh, okay,
2: Let's all put right, it this way. Um, there, were, there were multiple categories that had a ton of pictures, and then there were some categories, like the bull and I, where there were only two entries. So okay. um, I did go through it, and a lot of times if the picture was, say, out of focus or not very good, um, or if the animal was, like, in a tub, they, they didn't get past the first round. And then I kind of just whittled them down to about i try to keep it to about uh 10 to a category something like that to try to get it even enough for us to pick because some categories had more really good picks than others like the green tree python category is like 15 because that's hard as hell try picking the good ones out of that like it was um but yeah it's like uh a lot of really really good entries um in some categories were like it was very very hard um, I was particularly
0: yeah. impressed with the bread lie section because it yeah. was a lot yeah. of like naturalistic type of shots. It was hard and to. God,
2: uh, I'm an defect. idiot for picking the extra thing of being boas. That was a, that, that oh my god, well that was hard. <laughs> like,
0: no one really wants those. What's the one? What are the ones you want?
2: Um, I want Argentines. Oh, Argentines. That's yeah. It. it's a, it's a very, it's a black, very angry boa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do I sign? Just yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Throw it on the pile with the other dark, pissed-off animals that can't read over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> All
0: right. So uh, I guess our first category is Coastal Carpet Python. And, um, yeah, so – oh, and you want to announce that? Why don't you be the announcer of the All right. So the winner of
2: that one is uh, Dan Conlon with his uh, Jason Balen tiger. And I don't really even need to explain why he's the winner. That is a <laughs> – Fucking phenomenal tiger carpet python, and the picture shows off its entire stripe, Uh and, and it's just—it's a gorgeous animal. And I'm a sucker for a stripe. I do feel happy that uh Rob's choice was the animal that I actually produced in the category. Yeah, so, really? Yeah. So that jag, I'm like, oh, I made that one. Yes. Other people <laughs> like it. It's like. <laughs> So yeah, I I, think
0: I think that shot was cool because it's perching. But I I, I always have to defer to
2: tigers, man. (laughs) They they, they knew where to hit us, like right with the stripes and beautiful. Like yeah, no. So, but that is a gorgeous animal. I think I have a sibling, so (laughs) that that's a plus there. But yeah, so the coastal category goes to the tiger for this one.
0: Okay, all right, all right. So, um, but like like you said, um, Rob picked.
2: the, uh, red Rob the red picked the jag, the red jaguar. Yeah, I liked the way uh, it was
3: perched on the uh, on I the thing. That. I think it, that was pretty cool. That yeah. was
2: a nice. That was a nice shot. It was very kind of a cool, naturalistic. And to be honest, that animal looks just like its father. Like that's what he turned into when he got older. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I recognize <laughs> it. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. you know,
1: <laughs> wow.
2: It's cool to see the kids okay. that grow up like that. So. Um, So
0: the jungle carpet category, we we all uh, went, we all went different ways and we had to
2: defer, we had to defer to emergency and have somebody else vote on our pick. So we had to go to, um, we sent the choices that we picked to Riley and, uh, Riley picked out of the three that we had chosen his favorite. And that's what led us to, uh, the winner, um, for that one, it is, uh, andy mersley of his jungle carpet which is a really cool one that's the second one it's yeah. kind of coiled up and has its head poking out after its coil and it's really kind of nice and close and you can see the yellows and the black that make it kind of just really a stunning animal so that's a good pick there
0: yeah the reason i like that one is because it sort of has so like the thing i love about I is that they sort of have, like, those... It almost looks like they have, like... You know how, like, if you were painting a skull on your face and you have, like... You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, with Bo and I, it's usually white on the black, right? So they have yeah. those white, like, uh, on the labial uh, scales or whatever. Whereas with this jungle, it's got black, you know? And it's, yeah. like, ah, and the black on the heat pits and, like, the heads in focus, whatever. But um and I did also like the one that uh that rob picked yes yeah, so um, Rob
2: went for Ben <laughs> frame striped jungle um yeah. and that's a really cool picture too and that was actually my second choice um I went for the Palmerson um Kevin Milner's uh Palmerson jungle just because I really love it when they're mostly black with a little bit of yellow. Yeah. Yeah. I love the reverse. The
3: the reason I didn't pick that one is I think it was in uh, the the tall as opposed to landscape. It was portrait as opposed to landscape. So I was like, yeah.
2: No, you're right because that would have just made it a headache worse. But myself, I'm like pretty snake. Like it's like I'm not <laughs> thinking. <laughs> like it's
3: that's kind of how I picked mine. I was like looking at which ones would fit best for the the landscape mode, and then picked from those ones which one I liked the best.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, I'm with so, you. So you guys are better at that than I am. I'm just like pretty snake, <laughs> pretty snake. Like yeah. So here comes. Uh... <laughs>
0: The your next pro, category, category. Yeah. is the, uh, my favorite is the Popwin carpet Python category. And again, I like to see, you know, uh, you know, of, obviously Carlos, I mean, come on, man. The, the I love cat- that picture.
3: No. I love it. <laughs> With the mouth <laughs> open. It's just like, ah,
2: yeah. it's so yeah. intense. I think, yeah. I think that was in, the, I think that animals like father or something was in the <laughs> calendar, like a couple of years ago, doing the same kind of, yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. But I
0: do. I love that pose, I but that's sort that of why pose. I went away from it, you know. Yeah, and then I, he did the one with the two heads, which is awesome. Yeah, I love and that. And I chose exactly that carpet python chunky head, you know, yeah. especially mm-hmm. the ones that the pop ones get. They get those big, you mm-hmm. know, jowls in the back or those muscles that build up, and oh, I just love them. Um, I picked. Craig Woods. I mean Craig yeah. has some amazing IJs. Um, you know love it. and I love that he's getting some uh, some attention because his shit that he's producing over there. I shouldn't say his shit, his,
1: his <laughs> no, <do> it, <laughs> animal that he's producing amazing. over there. Right,
0: that's my Philly coming out me. I'm sorry, Craig. It,
1: it's not
2: shit, it's really good. It's shit in a it's good the way. John. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the John. John. The John. You know? Jeez, now we're talking like um, Minitola. Anyway. Anyway.
3: He
0: put a couple in he there. He did. But the and, one and mad,
2: it was getting like, ridiculous because I had to sort through it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Craig, I can't put – like you can't have the entire category. <laughs> like, <laughs> I tried to narrow it down to like – I tried to originally be like, all right, he's only going to get one. And if you look in there, I think he's got like two or three. Him and Carlos almost took the entire category. You're like <laughs> – it was, but yeah, I picked his along the same too, just because, um, I have an eye for IJs. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I'm you're becoming, not reading I'm them. becoming known. For them. So, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand myself. Yeah. So I just, uh, I love the <clears> blushing <throat> on the side and how it just fades. And then the, uh, the, anything with bold contrast really is just all about so the black, Around the markings, really just stuck it out. It was awesome. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I will say ah. that, um, you know, Andreas, um, we did put him in the in the group with his granite. Yeah, dear God. And dude, that I mean, is sick. come on selective breeding with some granite. Oh Nobody gave it I, no I attention. I don't know
2: why nobody's doing more of that shit. I mean, look at the picture on. below, uh-huh. and then look at the picture above. above. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, all right. right. Um, right. For Darwin, I actually went away from you guys. I chose Ben's uh, albino on the tree. Um, (laughs) I I like that one. I just like the setup of that. I mean, that's just a cool, bright white snake. That's just so cool. Um, You guys actually went with uh, Tori Bromy's Darwin. Troy. 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 (laughs) God damn it. Why did I do that wrong? Sorry, Troy. Um, (laughs) Troy Bromy's Darwin, uh, just normal, no... Albino classic, and I, I do love that one too.
1: <laughs> it's, it's so,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. I love classic Darwins. Yeah. Darwins in Australia that are just
2: so they're on another phenomenal. Level. They're insane. Yeah.
0: They're on another level, man. I mean, that quit. snake right there is just, it, I mean, it looks like a breadline.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I love that color. It's, <laughs> it's gorgeous.
0: I can't have red. Blood python so I have
2: to have... <laughs> try that. Didn't work. It didn't like... work with
0: me. So I guess I'm gonna have to make a carbon python look like a blood python kind yeah. of. Yeah, color wise. Um, I
2: don't know. So That's next cool. up is bread lie. Um, mm-hmm. I went for Lucas Lee's head stonewash. He was kind of out in the middle of like a desert, and I'm like a wild shot without actually being a wild shot. Cool. Like um, I went from that. Uh, But you guys both went for Travis Wyman's red lie um, that was curled up in like a log or something like that. And I'm curious. Yeah.
0: Rob, why did you pick that picture?
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I just like the like depth of field of the photo because it makes it look like it's sitting in ambush. Like it's just waiting for that bird to come land there accidentally (laughs) and then grab it right up. I just I love that. I'm with you.
2: Yes, yeah, 100%. they're so cool. A little
1: leaf
0: in the thing. Yeah, mean, I, mean, yes, yes.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, come on.
3: Come it's on, all on. about the,
2: the you know, just just dress it up. Yeah, it's
3: the little things, you know. Yes. It uh, is. Uh, and and that's then a cool we chat.
2: actually went, <laughs> and then we did the same thing with diamonds. We did with jungle. Everybody picked a different one. Um, yeah. But the winner on that one would be the one that Rob picked. That was the uh, uh, Luke Neheims um, diamond.
1: Okay. That so is a cool shot, man. That is,
2: I mean...
0: Kind of makes my eyes feel screwed I mean, you up. do.
2: Like, yeah, when, you, <laughs> when you stick an animal like that that is such bright in contrast on a black background, it's trippy.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but
3: that is it looked awesome. like the milky way i don't know yeah. i just looked at it and I was like oh it looks like you're looking in space with just it's like, like the galaxies <laughs> you know it's just so cool that yeah. is
2: awesome i
0: um i just picked was, i i love that picture and it was not yeah. easy for, i mean it was easy. wait it was easy for me to be like okay yeah, yeah that be one, there." Yeah. but i went with um i always try to defer to the wild one so i went with scott scott's uh, wild diamond shot because that's a wild diamond. I love point. that one. I just and wish it wasn't like
2: all brightened out by the head. Yeah, like
1: that's, you know, that's, just that's why I didn't pick it. Yeah.
2: yeah, I was yeah. so I, I I wrestled with that one. I love that shot. Yeah. Um, I actually went with uh, Greg Heim's uh, diamond because I just I love that.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, Greg <laughs> is man when it
0: comes to diamonds. diamonds yeah. Yeah.
2: So, um, and then for Here's
0: another favorite of mine.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, for Inlands. Um, uh, Rob went with Scott's wild inland. Um,
0: Originally, that's what I went with.
2: Yeah, which is it's a it's a really cool shot, and it's a really cool that it's a wild inland. And then you and I once again got distracted by Tim Tyndall's pictures and <laughs> <laughs> in his, in his inlands, and uh, went with uh, the Tim Tyndall picture of the baby in the uh, flowers. <laughs> like <it> was, yes. <laughs> He, Tim has he, he dangled Tim once again has dangled pretty inlands in front of us and we selected him again. So it's oh, like,
0: dude, his inlands are next level, man. I
2: know, like you know, God, and he's in he's in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. God damn it, he's close, but so far, like I can't, I can't get to them. Yeah, uh, I'm not to talk I, about liking inlands anymore, though. Apparently, so. Well, hopefully, I make some for you, nice? buddy. Well, no, I, if I <laughs> get them, I have to call to somebody, otherwise, you'll. He will leave me in the road in Texas again. So, um,
0: wait, we had to pause for a second. Yep. You would have loved, have you ever been to West Texas, Rob? No, I haven't. Oh, man, you got to go.
2: Tarantulas all over Everywhere. the road. Everywhere. Walking across ah. the street. Oh, ah. man. <laughs> oh, man. And we were like, we're driving, we're like, what the hell is that? We're like, it's a tarantula. Oh,
3: my God, it's a big spider.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So then we get out, we take pictures. They're like, that was cool. And then we're driving down the road. Holy there's shit, another, there's another 20
0: another one. of them. Yeah,
1: like,
2: we thought. We
0: yeah. thought, since you you're a tarantula guy, do you tell us? We, we thought that maybe that the males were like making their way to the females.
3: Yep. That's probably yeah, that what, what you're looking at, yep. Right. The uh, the males usually, uh, right around fall time, will cruise around looking for females' burrows. Probably Texas tan tarantulas, which are like an Aflonopelma species. And uh, the, the males you'll often see cruising roads uh, at dusk, usually looking for females' burrows and hopefully not getting eaten in the meantime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> Dude, how cool is that? all the tarantula migration for mates. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that
2: was something we said where it's like, remember, guys, if he's successful – he'll be murdered. Like, <laughs> if he succeeds in his mission, it is yeah, for the death. children. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is your last day, buddy. Congratulations. Who oh, Like, yeah. So, um, so wait, Dave D has Bowen's. I don't know where that half came from, Like, I don't know. but Dave D submitted a Bowen's thing. And, uh, he was the only other person other than, uh, Keith McPeak to submit a uh, bowl and I, and uh, all three of us unanimously went for Keith's bull and I um, up in the tree branch. Um, I liked it just because it's a really cool kind of ambush look. Like, And that that particular animal, um, last time we were there, it kind of yeah. like did that bump on the chest like Dennis yeah. had to describe <laughs> Yeah. And I will admit, I, I saw my life flash before my eyes. So it was <laughs> like... Um, so the f- the first time
0: we saw a was at ICAST, right? right. This is the first time yeah, we saw yeah. it. It was kind of a smaller Bones python, maybe like maybe a, a juvenile, you know? And it was yeah. like, okay, that's kind of cool. When we went
2: to see Keith's... The yeah. brickhead of an animal. Oh, like, oh my, my God. God.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. why I picked that picture.
2: I mean, Rob's got... You guys got, like, what, three at Nerd? The adults, like, they were...
3: We have a few. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't count them because yeah. I, don't, I don't like to make it real. I don't, yeah. the, the Bolins are not my wheelhouse. Like I love Scrubs to death, but Bolins I really could take or leave. Right. So I. The first time I saw Bolin's pythons was like probably twelve years ago. Wow. Um, at the Maine Herpetological Society, Josh Easter had some up there. Yeah. And then uh, after moving to Maine, I actually ended up working with those same Bolin's pythons for a couple of years. And then, you know, coming to nerd and Kevin's enamored with the Bolin's python, so I work with them here, but uh, they're they're not my favorites. So
2: gotcha. Okay, <laughs> they're not a barneck. Got it. They're,
3: they're not. They're just not. <laughs> they they're like a big python crebo. They just like to poop a lot, <laughs> and uh, they like to smear it everywhere. And I'm oh, that's not. fun. I'm not yeah. cool with that.
2: No, no more work. now.
3: <laughs> yeah. No. <nah>, all set. <laughs>
2: So uh my category, my favorite, um, ruffies. with ruffies. Yeah. <laughs> so uh Eric went with um Solo's baby rough skill, which I do love because it's jammed in the rock crevice like rock. it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. And then um, the shattered I know, and it's it that was so almost my pick, but Rob and I both went with uh Terry Burwell's Ruffy in the tree. Just because you got more of it, it. and it's an adult, and uh, God, I love that thing. So That's also the eye. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, that's wild, man. Dude, I'm getting babies this year, I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen, or I swear. Right on. Light myself on fire. Anyway, um, (laughs) so um, for Green Tree Pythons, which is, of course, the hardest one, and the worst thing is that – with, G- with the Green tree G- Python pictures, I hate it when they zoom in really, really close to the eyeball and, like, they cut off half the animal. It's a cool shot, but then please just give me one of the whole animal because it's a gorgeous animal. I want to see more of it <laughs> than, like, just the scales around its eyeball. So, um, I try to kind of put a bunch in there that had uh, more of the animal in it. Um, right. I know uh, you guys, was it you two that went for Dave D's blue. yep, Yeah. Or Eric, did you go down to a different one?
0: No, I picked a different one.
2: You picked you picked uh, Mark, Hager's, Mark pick. Hager's. Yeah. I liked that one. Cause it has like three different condors all in it at once. And that was cool, but I'm a sucker for that blue animal. <laughs> like it was yeah. just, holy crap. I mean, that's, that's like a reverse sickness. It has more blue than black. So, that's awesome, and then yeah. Rob's category is bah, bah,
1: bah, uh, bah.
2: <laughs> is the is the, uh, the Scrubs, and, and they're about- pretty
0: much yeah,
2: oh, man. In, I gotta it's, say, What's right, weird is that Rob's in here at. judging, and he, <laughs> Rob's in here judging, and he snuck in a, an entry with the scrub, and it, was, <laughs> and it was too good of a picture for me not to put it in there. So his obstacle was in here, like, but he didn't vote for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no I, I,
3: I, love the Helms too. I just, oh, I, God. and yeah. and Dennis, like that, that picture is awesome. I just love it. The contrast on it, just yeah. crazy.
1: It, it I
2: remember when we first first posted the thread and people were entering I'm like this is cool this is cool I literally had to stop and just kind of take in Dennis's picture of his halmahera cuz that's a that's a zoo born halmahera like uh, oh god it was a gorgeous animal like mm-hmm. yeah that had to be the pick I was already ready for that so
0: I don't know the original picture I picked was Dave Means uh, Dave Means bar neck that kind of like Shows it sort of like
3: art, sort of like the S. Yes, you know? yes. I, that was my yes. other choice. Yeah. Like, I looked at that one and I when he posted that first, I was like, That's the winner. Oh, I like that one. That's, <laughs> that's um, the it, one.
2: Yep, it, Dave always had that one picture of his one bar neck, Rain. Oh, Rain,
1: yeah. And he
3: I, had I that loved
2: that animal. I mean, and I remember for a while because Chris, I think, still has um, uh kids from rain from and, yeah. and some really nice uh, Jaya barnecks and if anything would ever get me back into scrubs it would be just getting a really nice really good contrast barneck like that and then I would regret it instantly but yeah. it would just <laughs> or not I why mean it depends on why I do this again but it was because they're yeah. cool right? <laughs> scrubs are awesome um, and then we have the last category which is the the, the roll of the dice the random category this year I chose Boas and that was a mistake. (laughs) There there were a lot of Boas that people entered and a lot of good looking Boas. And I'm like, like, Oh, cool. red. And then tree Boas. I'm like, Oh shit. That's right. And then Emerald tree Boas. Like it was anacondas were in here. It was a bad, bad thing for me. Um, But I think Rob went with Carlos's Emerald emerald tree, boa, which is a really good shot.
3: I love it. I like emeralds a lot. They're they're (laughs) just cool.
2: Yeah, and then um, (laughs) Eric and I (laughs) went with the uh, we went with the rosy boa on the rock because it was uh, a wild rosy boa and it was in this perfect little pristine little bit of wilderness. We've been field herping too much, so
1: Steve, that was uh, our uh, brains were
2: on field herping when we picked, and that was. I mean, it's a gorgeous shot, and it's a good-looking animal, but it's like we have nothing but, like, just piled on really good-looking boas. I mean, uh, Zach put his wild-annulated boa that I he was, found. I was
0: born, man. I was bad. Yeah, that
2: world. was a good one. Travis's rubber boa was good-looking. Um, there were a bunch of tumoral boas, which were all of them looked great. I mean... The uh, Jeff's Anaconda was up in there. Like, there was a lot of... Boa was a hard selection, but we went with the uh, Wild rosy Boa. So, those are the winners of the calendar. So, yep. now it's to decide uh Morelia of the Year.
0: Okay. Yeah. I know, so,
2: right? All right. So, and the, that just leaves... Morelia of the Year. So Morelia of the Year this year, as voted on by the three of us and going through the winners, is going to be, drumroll to, there you go, perfect. It is uh, Terry Burwell's Rough Python, is Morelia of the Year. So he uh, will be invited back to judge the uh, 2022 calendar. Um, and he'll be getting uh, some stuff with that. So yeah.
0: All right, so I'm gonna announce it in the chat.
2: Do that. Um This way man. we can watch them all freak, which they
1: might <laughs> they
2: might, they might not. I don't know what the audience thinks of us anymore. So. <laughs> I
0: put I put Ruffy in and it auto corrected the rogue. <laughs> well, I mean
2: I mean it knows who you talk about constantly. You know, just stop talking about me with Rob, okay? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, right? So yeah, I mean it's a great looking animal, great looking shot, and uh Terry's a good guy. I know he's produced ruffies a few times now, so uh it's definitely my vote from early of the year and we call kinda I browbeat everybody else off uh camera at the you know, siding with me. So, um, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I have their loved ones in a bunker. So, you know, I got it. I got my way.
1: <laughs> so, um, go. But
2: yeah, so that's, uh, that's it. So that's the calendar. Thank you everybody who entered. Um, if you did not win, do not be discouraged. Um, just please take more pictures and enter next year. I mean, we, we all would love to see these shots and this was by no means easy for us because every single entry is gorgeous and we're all horrible snick nerds. So it just, it's really hard <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to pick your favorite. You know? Yeah, it really is. And that's the thing is, cause I love it going through it. It's like, you're like, well, I picked this one. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that.
1: <laughs> like <it's,
2: laughs> I'm like, yeah, is it too late to change? Like, it's like, yeah. So, um, we'll check back with you guys next year. So we'll get those going. If you did win a category, you automatically get a free calendar. Uh, Eric and I will reach out to you uh, for that stuff. Um, if you want, we'll also announce when the calendars will be up for purchase so that you guys can get them and you'll get them in plenty of time this year. So that you can, I think one year that people got them like in March, like it was, it was bad. It wasn't like, that bad. We're getting Not better. March. So, um, it was January but yeah. 31st. But once again, dude, once again, Tinley would have been this weekend, and we missed it. We did not have calendars ready for Tinley right. if Tinley had happened. This is true. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, because I anyway. saw in
1: my
0: in my uh, in my feed that it was um, Tinley five yeah. years ago, four years ago,
2: something <laughs> like that. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. I, I think that was the
0: last tinley i went to all right so that we got that let's uh let's get back in the chat with rob here for a second yeah. and then uh so so let's go back to well let's what did i want to put a pin in
2: you let's wanted like to see rob own. breeding season Yeah, exactly see so oh, yes. that's it so you oh, got yeah. what's it like getting breeding season getting nerd ready for breeding season
3: It is something else because there's so many different things that we work with here. Mm -hmm. Um, The monitor cycle year-round, so it's something that we're constantly – staying on top of is ultrasounding females and seeing what they're at in their cycles and keeping an eye on breeding groups and that sort of stuff. So that's something that's continually on the radar. And, you know, it's right now we've got a lot of eggs incubating for monitors because we just have so much demand for water monitors. It's like absolutely ridiculous. Um, Gearing up for ball python season is a lot of feeding, uh, trying Mm -hmm. to make sure that our rodent colonies are on par so that we can feed our females enough to get them up and ready. Uh, Reticulated pythons making sure that we're on a steady feeding schedule our anacondas uh, you know just making sure that we're trying to cycle our males appropriately we're kevin's doing a bunch of new project with a bunch of boa stuff because we have a, a off-site area that we're working with that we're able to cool things a little bit more so we've had our Bolins in there and this year we produced some madagascan ground boas we produced um, some Argentine boas. We're working on breeding some Colombian boas, some true red tail boas, uh, wow. a variety of other things as well, Madagascar tree boas, and and a couple other things here and there. But you know, it's constantly something going on. So. You know, for the larger breeding season, like gearing up for ball pythons and reticulated pythons, it's definitely a lot of keeping track of feeding schedules and palpating. And, you know, right now we've got a pretty good crew of people who are experienced and have bred things already. So when they're going through and cleaning, they'll notice, oh, this female's looking extra thick. We'll palpate her, check her for follicles. And, We've uh, invested a lot in the last year in ultrasounds so that we can check follicle development and see where females are in their cycles for the monitors and for the snakes. Um, And that has definitely helped us quite a bit in kind of nailing down when's the best time to cycle animals in and get the male in there or or move them to a different female and and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's it's definitely uh, a multi-person ordeal. You need multiple people Mm -hmm. keeping an eye on different sections to kind of see what's going on. But it is um it's definitely interesting because you know, if you're focusing on, okay, I've got these twenty or thirty females and you're the one that's taking care of them, it's pretty easy and not, not easy, but if you are experienced, you can go through and notice the cues, okay, this female's acting this way, she usually does this when she's getting ready right to cycle or she looks like she's building follicles. But when you've got, you know, We have three rooms of all pythons, like adult breeding size ball pythons. We've got uh, two and a half rooms of reticulated pythons that are of breeding size. We've got three rooms of monitors that are – well, two rooms that are breeding size and then one room that's babies and then young females that are just starting to cycle. So – You know, when we've got one person who handles okay big monitors, and then one or two people that handles reticulated pythons, and two or three people that do ball pythons, you know, there's lots of areas where things can fall through the cracks. You might miss one, or or this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely tough to stay on top of it. Last season, uh, the 2019 into 2020 season, we produced over 230 clutches of ball pythons. We produced like 1,500 baby ball pythons, somewhere right right in that range. Wow! Uh, And that's a lot of snakes. Like that's yeah. that's not counting reticulated pythons or blood pythons or you know any of the other things that we're working with so i mean compared to some of the other people that we have visited and and you know interact with it's not a lot but when we're doing so many other things it's definitely a lot for us to take on so it's constantly something there's always something that's going on there's always something that needs eyes on it and we've we're lucky we've got some pretty experienced people right now who kind of know what's going on and can kind of help in one section or the other when it when it comes time to need help in those sections so that's definitely something else and like i said the ultrasounds have definitely been incredibly helpful in kind of figuring out where females are at in their cycles
2: I, I, I want an ultrasound so badly. I almost bought one like four times now.
3: It, it's crazy because like back when Kevin used to talk about the ultrasounds, he had like one of those hospital ones that he could wheel yeah. around. We still have it here, and it was like ten thousand dollars. And I was like, yeah, that's not something that I can do. Even when they were five thousand dollars, like, nah, not happening. But right. this this year, we found a really good reliable company, and they sell them for like eight or nine hundred bucks. So yeah, like the ones one I was clutch at. Yeah. of snakes pays off your you know your the ultrasound. ultrasound. So yeah. it's like you know to to be dialed in like that it definitely helps and I understand people who like don't want to do it that way and everything but for if you're really trying to get the most out of your production it's the best money that you can spend for you know breeding
2: yeah even if you're having like uh, that one animal that maybe you keep missing every year well yep. get the ultrasound <laughs> and maybe you'll figure out it's because the male's not in there when he's supposed to be exactly like, it's, yeah <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Yeah, that, 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 that's on my list of stuff to, to wander over and get. I just keep spending my money on other things like more snakes. So <laughs> I'll, I will get there. Um, but uh, so what, um, you know, what? I, I know you do the educational programs at NERD, but are you kind of hands-on in all the other departments as well? I mean, what's your kind of day look like?
3: When, when I need to be, I am most of my job is photographing animals, listing them on the website, getting descriptions of like what they eat, how big they are, Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff in there. I do a little bit of emails with uh, customers. A lot of my job is shipping because we do ship out, you know, 50 to a hundred animals a week, like on average, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but you know, 50 to a hundred is pretty average each week. And then, um, You know when they need me in various sections i kind of do a little bit of oversight and monitors just to kind of uh help with ultrasounding help moving males with different females Mm -hmm. pulling eggs setting up incubation that sort of stuff i don't really do a lot with the adult ball pythons um i i have before and that's kind of where i got my start here was you know volunteering and cleaning ball pythons um i'm pretty well versed in almost everything in the building i'm not on our venomous permit so i don't work with our venomous on a regular basis but everything outside of that i have got at least a little bit of a finger in it and i've done when i was working downstairs in the retail pet store Mm -hmm. i bred a lot of stuff here like outside of what kevin's breeding upstairs i bred amazon tree boas i bred argus monitors i bred bearded dragons chameleons like a a big variety of leopard geckos a bunch of different things uh just to like keep my time occupied because you know (laughs) doing customer retail stuff is not always super exciting. So I had to find other things to keep me going. Um, and then while I'm up here, you know, if they need help in one section, I, I'm like a machine when it comes to that sort of stuff. I can knock out racks. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so they, they put me where they need me. Most of my job is, uh, photographing, editing pictures, posting things on our website, posting things on morph market, a little bit of email shipping and, and that sort of stuff. And it's definitely made me more in tune with, the things that you can and can't do when mm-hmm. it comes to editing, the things you can and can't do when it comes to shipping. I got a really good record of shipping. I've only had a couple since I started here like four and a half years ago. I've only had maybe a couple things go wrong, and usually it's FedEx issues, yeah, not, not yeah. really anything I could have had control over. Um but you know, I've I've been shipping animals since I was maybe 19 or 20, so I'm 31 now. So I've had a lot of experience before I got here doing that sort of stuff. But doing it on this scale is something completely different than, you know, what other people are doing. And then you know, a lot of my job also is social media. I've been I do a lot of the posts for the New England Reptile Facebook, the Instagram. I help out with our live streams on platforms like Twitch and YouTube, and. Um, just trying to get that organized because Kevin is not a guy who really likes social media. He right. never really has been. And that, you know, back in the day, that's no big deal because people would find you and they'd send you money to get your snakes. But now with everyone competing and, you know, yeah. on the market right now, there's almost a thousand people who are registered to sell ball pythons just in the A a thousand people. Wow. In, Jesus. Well, in 50 States. So, That's a lot of competition. Um, You can't just rely on people going, oh, they know nerd. They'll buy from us. You have to be personality. You have to have people going, oh, I want to buy from them. Um, You have to showcase what you've got. And so – A lot of my job recently has kind of been marketing, trying to help Kevin with uh, expanding his social media, finding the best ways to utilize it, um, and trying to get like just nice quality pictures up on our social media. Because, you know, you post a picture in a tub and it's like, oh, cool. It doesn't matter if it's an incredible snake, it's not going to get seen by people. But if you can take like a really nice picture of a beautiful snake, you'll get that attention. And so I've been really. Uh, trying to push nerd in that direction to get us more in tune with what's going on on social media and getting our name more out there because people like us who have been in reptiles since reptiles magazine and since vivarium magazine and all that sort of stuff you know you've seen nerds name around it's it's something that you know but for Mm -hmm. anyone who was not around when that sort of stuff is uh you know they know snake discovery they know brian from snake bites they know you know all these other people who are out there on social media because that's where people's attention is right now right so uh kevin is you know back in the day he would like post one picture of like a crazy (laughs) snake and then he'd disappear for six months and you wouldn't hear (laughs) any he wouldn't tell you what it was what the combination that made it he wouldn't (laughs) tell you what species he would just be like look at this thing and then that was it he was gone and if you wanted to buy snakes from him you'd hunt him down to buy snakes from him but like the climate the climate that we're in right now is so different than that so yeah. I've been trying to uh, kind of spread nerd more out on the social media uh, expand us to people who might not have seen us before our media guy Donnie who does our videos and our twitch streams he's been really pushing us to kind of push the envelope uh, of you know attention on YouTube and on Twitch to get more of those people who are new to reptiles to kind of remember or to see who we are to figure out who nerd is mm. and so I've kind of been trying to help out with that the best that I can to get us in a good spot lot Um, because Kevin's just like he goes on binges where like you'll if you follow his Instagram account he'll post like 30 things in a day and then he'll wait like a month or like a couple weeks and then he'll post like one thing and then something else (laughs) but like the social media algorithms say okay we want you to post one thing a day and then post a bunch of things to your story and we'll make sure that people see your content and so my role here along with all the shipping and photographing and all that sort of stuff has been trying to expand our social media get people you know reinvigorated or people to figure out who we are and and all that sort of stuff so it's a lot of different things that I do but I also do the education shows um, I do um, in-house stuff I you know when customers downstairs have questions about arachnids it's usually me that they call downstairs to call help them if mm-hmm. we get people who come here who need to surrender animals to us because we have taken in you know thousands and thousands of animals here in our pet store uh, for people who are moving that can't keep them or people who just don't want a reptile anymore or things like that uh, mm-hmm. we we've serviced as As a safe place for people to bring those animals and then we'll find them new homes, um, you know, elsewhere. And so I've done a lot here i don't know i don't i don't i've done everything here from you know scrubbing the bottoms of enclosures and power washing the (laughs) muck off of the bottom of turtle tubs uh to you know helping do multi-thousand dollar sales and you know helping a little bit with exporting things and all that sort of stuff so my job is really spread thin with all the different things that i do but i don't know
2: that's that's mostly where i'm at yeah and uh you recently started a podcast?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my friend Jeremy uh, Turgen, he had this mm-hmm. podcast set up with him and Steve Tillis, who's like a Blood Python guy who's down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve and him, when they were younger, like 20 years old, they were like, we're going to make a podcast because it was kind of like the first wave of podcasts. There was not a lot of people doing them back then. I think it was like eight or ten years ago or something that he started doing yeah. it. I think they were coming, they were out right when we were coming
1: out. Right when we yeah. started,
3: yeah. Yeah, and so um, Jeremy and Steve did that back in the day, and and they had a lot of fun with it. And then, you know, uh, Steve was really getting in-depth into his work. He's actually on the forefront right now of doing NIDO virus research um, oh, wow. in Florida. And he's working with a bunch of the labs down there, and that's like his focus is reptile pathogens. So he is like right on the forefront of knowledge when it comes to uh, reptile disease and all this stuff and uh so when he was getting more in depth into his study and research uh for his schooling he's like you know i don't really have enough time to do you know a lot of extra stuff that you know i I gotta trim the fat someplace and then jeremy was going to school for music because he does he plays trumpet he's got a band he's got multiple albums out and he's like you know my schedule's kind of getting packed too right now so they kind of put it on the back burner they kind of left it and then jeremy came and started working at nerd like almost a year and a half ago right now and when jeremy came up here he was like dude i think that we should redo this podcast i think we should get it going again and i have um i've kind of been i listened to a lot of podcasts especially i was working a night job while i was working here for a while and um when I was at my night job it was basically just stocking shelves at grocery store so that's super boring so to mm-hmm. help pass the time I was like oh two hour NPR episodes you know three episodes four episodes a <laughs> night and I can <laughs> power right through that stuff so yeah. I would I would listen to you guys and I would listen to some of the other podcasts too um, and then some of the other interests that I've got I would listen to those podcasts but it really like uh, helped keep my mind going and keep me interested while I was doing stuff that wasn't as interesting you know mentally stimulating. So, um, when Jeremy was like, Hey, I want to redo this podcast. Do you want to do it with me? I was like, I don't know if I like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> like, I, I always feel like the kind of person who's like bouncing off the walls, doing a million different things. Like I'm super ADD. Right. And, uh, he was like, well, here's the deal. Like we don't have to do exactly what everyone else is doing. Cause like, you guys have really nailed down the, the, you know, the, let's spotlight the species and then how mm-hmm. these people breed it and, you know, how, what they like about it and that sort of thing. And that's why I loved listening to NPRs because I could really get that like passion of like, OK, this person's really into this species. This is how they keep them. This is how they breed them. This is how they might do things a little bit different than me. And how can I incorporate that into the things that I'm doing, with the stuff that I work with? Yeah. And so I really enjoyed that about NPR. And then I was like, you know, we don't really want to do what they're doing. Like, I I love you guys. I don't want to be competition with you guys. And I – the thing that I like most about reptiles or like one of the things that I really enjoy is getting to meet people who are passionate about the reptiles and it doesn't matter really what it is specifically like if someone's hyped up about corn snakes I'm like yeah Yeah. I want to listen to you talk about corn snakes let's talk about corn snakes corn snakes are awesome man yeah corn snakes (laughs) are awesome and then you know you hear somebody else who's really passionate about you know Calabar burrowing pythons and I don't really like Calabar burrowing pythons but I want to listen to them get excited about Calabar burrowing pythons so i was like dude why don't we just make a podcast where we just talk to people about the things they love about reptiles and you know we can do a little bit of like where they came from and how they got into reptiles because some of us have a really similar story like oh i love dinosaurs that's the lizard's a dinosaur that's living right. right now let's get it so but there's some people who are like completely different and they're like no i didn't have any interest in reptiles until i was 20 and i went to a party and someone threw a berm on me and i was like i need this pet snake and then now they've got a hundred of them you know so like it was just interesting to me to see the different venues that people came in and then for people to kind of get to know people on a more personal level i think that that's uh something that the community needs is that that connection that you know i kind of know this person i i know a little bit about them and i kind of like that person and that's what reptile Expos used to be and then with COVID now it's like damn it. I can't get to know anybody. And it's, it's, it's weird to me because I used to make YouTube videos back in the day. And like, people would stop me at the Manchester expo in New Hampshire or the white Plains show in New York. And they'd be like, Oh, you, you're the guy with the blood Python videos. And I'm like, you watch that. Why did you watch that? I, don't and I was just, I didn't get it. And, um, when Jeremy was like, dude, I think that we could have just something that's interesting for people and we don't have to make it like a big long thing because like i love npr but some days i'm like two and a half hours i don't know if i can invest that right now oh
1: my god right. okay, shut up <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> no not even that it's just like i really want to be invested in the mm-hmm. whole thing and some days i'm just pulled in too many different directions so i right. have to like listen to an hour and then cut it and go do stuff and then listen to another hour while I'm editing photos or doing whatever and so me and jeremy were like uh, you know we want to make it a little bit smaller, a little bit more bite-sized. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got a commute that's forty-five minutes, you can get most of the episode in, or you know, a lot of people do like 30 minute commutes so you can listen to half the episode and then listen to the other half later. Or like an hour is a little bit more of an, an easy investment in time. Yeah. And you know, it's pretty easy to talk to someone about something they're excited about for an hour. Like it doesn't it's hardly ever tough to do an episode. So right. um when Jeremy was like, I think we should do this, I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And so we kind of committed to, you know, we'll do one episode a week. We'll do an hour-long episode. We're going to try and reach out to some of the people that we think are interesting. Um, And then, you know, from there we'll go out to the greater community because, like – you guys have really got a corner on the, the Morelia group, the guys who keep carpet pythons and reticulated pythons mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. And then I'm more tied into the short tail kind of people. Um, and then Jeremy's got a foot in both because <laughs> he keeps yeah. some short tails and some carpet pythons. And then he likes a little bit of reticulated pythons and colubrids. And he did geckos for a long time. So it's like he's really well-rounded when it comes to that sort of stuff. So – We were like, you know, let's let's just do that, and I think that it'll be interesting, uh, you know, if not for you know everybody, for at least the people who are into reptiles to kind of get to know people a little bit better. And you know, when you listen to someone get excited about something, it's hard to not get excited about it too. Yeah. So I just I think that it's always kind of interesting to me, and you know, I love listening to people get excited about the stuff that they're into. So every episode, I'm just like, yeah, let's laugh and have fun and you know, do whatever. And. I, I just, I just like that about it. So that was, a bit has been our goal. Um, we kind of, you know, went right with it, made a logo and all that sort of stuff. And we got someone to help us out with some t-shirts and we got stickers and, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the different venues of podcasts and where they go and what they talk about. And so I listen to a variety of different ones just to kind of get a feel for wherever everybody's at in the field. And I just really right. like where, where Jeremy and I are doing. So I don't know. I like it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's cool. Oh, cool. I I, uh, I I told you guys I think way back in
3: right um, right around the first episode, of the first couple yeah. episodes, I was like, oh damn, he listened to it. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it was good, man. It's it's it's. I I think it's a great time for reptile podcast because, like you were saying, like when you know, eight years ago, there was I think us. Uh, Jeremy and, and, um, what was there? There was called the same thing. Reptile talk. Yeah. Reptile talk. Okay. So it was the same thing. Okay. Uh, so it was, it was reptile talk. You had, I think urban jungles radio and reptile radio was sort of hit or miss
3: at that time. I got prank called by urban jungles radio. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They were like, let's see who's got their phone number on Facebook. Let's prank call them right now. And they prank (laughs) called me. And I was point. like, well, I'm not really working with my snakes right now, but, like, I do keep <laughs> snakes, so you want to talk about snakes? And I was just like, let's talk about snakes for a bit. <laughs> right. And then uh, I'm still friends with Andy. Like, Andy uh, Visichero, the uh, the co-host on there, he's, like, really great friend of mine. And uh-huh. then Danny, you know, I, I've, I haven't seen him in a long time, but he's still, you know, out there in New York doing his thing. So it's like, you know, back then it was, like, just that core group and, yeah. you know— I guess before it's time, I think that now is like the prime time for people because, you know, if you're just hanging out, cleaning your snakes or hanging out at home because you can't really do anything else, you know, you put on uh, an episode of NPR and you get to listen to somebody talk about you or you guys talk about your breeding season or what you're getting excited about or what you're thinking about pairing up and, you know, it gets you excited about what you're doing. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I love that. And now is like the time for people to really get invested in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, um, (laughs) Do you find the so me and Owen as you can see as our collections have changed over over the past what in nine years or whatever that yeah you talk to somebody that's super passionate about something and like you wanna you wanna be a part of it you're like I didn't know I wanted these
1: I, think I want them. <laughs> I think <laughs> that must be yeah. pretty
0: cool <laughs> like I mean you know that's sort of what was happened with Scrubs like I'll never forget we did the episode. With Blake Bauer, right? It was the, it was way back in the day. And of course there was the one where Owen didn't know anything about scrubs and I tried to ask him to the it, you know. But I was so <laughs> excited about because I kept asking Reptile Radio guys, like, you know, I kept emailing Larry and I'm like, Larry, please do an episode on scrubs. Ah, nobody wants to hear about scrubs. I'm like, come on, man, please come I want to hear about yeah. scrubs. Yeah. I want to hear about <laughs> scrubs. I listen to your show every Sunday. I like I can't wait to get it's like you're saying, I'm driving to work, I'm like, oh my God, what are they gonna say? about you yeah. know what and i didn't even like ball pythons at the time but i listened <laughs> to them talk about ball pythons and i'm just excited about it because they're pumped and they're they're into it and you're like yeah so yeah. when we got when we got blake to come on and you know he's talking about scrub pythons it was like you know the kiss of death for me and Owen. we're like okay we want scrub pythons let's <laughs> buy every single scrub you python <laughs> yeah that happened a lot yeah. Oh my god! But yeah, man, it's 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 infectious, especially when you have like you know, um, there's a certain type of people that probably should you know they love their snakes and they should probably stay in their snake room. But then you have these other people, and th- not that they're any less passionate about it, but they don't get like you know they, they're not good around talking to people or whatever. I'm sure you'll have those guests at some point or whatever. But we've yeah. had a few of them over the years, and what they're great people, but like. You know but then you have other people that are like you know oh my god like I could listen they, to this person talk forever you know like yes. don't, I don't even care what they're talking about you know I mean yes and it, it's like that's how I am with uh I'm glad that Rob is finally getting his his uh Rob stone is getting his uh you know due if you will it's not like he's looking for it or whatever but like I've been saying for years that like this guy is a walking encyclopedia of rap. Yes, like you yeah. ask him anything and he will tell you an answer about it, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, you know, why doesn't anybody know about him? Like, why yeah, are yeah. we talking <laughs> about this guy? Like, why are we talking about that guy? Like, I yeah. mean, come on. you know? and Yeah. Back
3: in the day, I had reached out to him because he had um, some candoya, and I was like, you know, it was like him. Um, and then Jerry Conway were like the only people who were like putting the information or like pictures out of Kendoia. And I was like, dude what the hell and then looking through his pictures he would have you know scrub pythons and you know some blood pythons and i was like dude what the heck and i you know he probably doesn't remember me because i i didn't reach out to him a lot but there's a couple times i reached out to him and i was like dude you're doing some amazing what the heck is going on over there (laughs) and it's like you know not everyone knows who he is but he's really been in those trenches and you know i like people like that where you know, I'm kind of nerdy in a lot of different things. Like all the people here, they're like, just go ask Rob; he'll know something about it. Because if it's something <laughs> weird and obscure, I've probably researched it at least a little bit. Right. And uh, when I meet someone who's also like that, the conversation goes deep very quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, man. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But that's where the that's where the uh, you know it's you know we just we just recorded the student of the serpent, right? And what was crazy about that is when we recorded that it was me, Justin and Rob and we were sort of having this conversation but the thing that we kept coming to is like that you know I would ask the question and it would sort of get their brains going they would yeah. ask the- it would get my brain and it's like not the normal stuff that you would talk about when it comes to whatever you know reptile talk you would do you know what i mean it's not like well, what temperature do you keep a you
2: know <laughs> matter like the,
0: the the standard questions it was like we're we're digging deep to see what's underneath the hood of the car like <clears throat> how this engine runs like what's going on like how is this guy and and you know that's the most rewarding conversations is when you're you know, that's another reason why I love Keith McPeak. You know what I mean? Like, this guy, like, holy shit, we're at his house. We're talking. We're talking about whatever. And he's talking about pheasants. And I'm yeah. like,
2: he <laughs> bred, like, these oh,
0: really. when you breed pheasants, it's like da-da-da-da-da. And this is how it relates to, this is how I relate it to breeding snakes. And, like, in nature, it's like this. And you're like, you feel like, I'm, I feel like I'm at school. Like, yeah. I can't believe that I'm lucky enough to be the person that's sitting here able to pick his brain, you know, yeah, and then it's, for sure. it's like Owen's there, Matt's there. I'm there, and it's like, oh wow, okay. I got, I'm playing with the big players, like right <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm playing with the big players, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe they're looking at like, what are you talking about? I'm just the oh, yeah. guy.
2: Yeah, to you, you're just a normal guy. Also, it was weird. It was weird going herping with Justin. I'm like, he literally wrote the book. Like, I, I can't really, I don't really know what to talk to him about. So carpets are cool, right? Like, yeah,
0: but yeah, man. man, it's 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 cool. I uh, that's the one thing that I love. I mean, you know, I love about the podcast is the people that we've been able to have conversations with that probably, if not for the podcast, we never would have had.
1: You know I mean? yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: Crosspass, whatever. That's
2: why, I, that's why I like Carpet Fest, because it's like there are people there that I would never really hang out with if it wasn't Carpet Fest. So. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Speaking of which, you got to make it to the well, one. Yeah, what we,
2: the hell, dude? <laughs>
0: I know, I know. The last one that I was like,
3: oh, man, i got to get down to this. And then that weekend, they were like, oh, Rob, we scheduled a birthday party for you, and you can't miss it. And then... <laughs> There's all this stuff. They were like, "You have to be here this weekend." I was like, "This." I told you guys I wasn't going to be here uh, for this weekend. Uh, I can't be, and they're like, "No, you have to stay." So, I was wow. super bummed. I was like, "Yeah." Uh, and then I made it down to the Southeast Carpet Fest, and that was that was really fun. Checking out Cody and Pia's place and uh, seeing those it? guys down there. You Do you, I love venomous snakes. So getting to see the variety and like getting to talk to them about. How they work with their venomous snakes and that sort of stuff. I love that. I love it. Dude, love, nice. love, love, love it. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> their next level, like mambas, all the different species. Dude, of
3: mambas. those oh, are yeah. some of the biggest black mambas I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, I, man. you know, I haven't seen a ton, but I've seen a, a good amount of black mambas. Those are easily the biggest black mambas I've ever seen in my life. <laughs>
2: I mean, Co- Cody's got to have freaking nerves of steel. I would not be able to. Like, I, I don't think I, if he were to be like, well, oh, let's open the cage. He'd be like, well, I'm going to go outside. Yeah, like, just, I, would just, I'm just I don't leave. think I could be anywhere near. Well, I'll, I'll watch from the window, guys. Like, I couldn't do it.
0: And <laughs> that, you'd be tailing that, Mamba Owen. I no. know.
3: And, uh, it's crazy. The enclosure that they actually just got in for them, they've got two lockbox hide boxes elevated inside of the enclosure. So the animals can go inside of of the hiding area and it's got a double latch so it's got a latch on the door to the hide box and the door Uh to the enclosure so they can slide it both closed and then the hide box slides right out of the enclosure and it's completely sealed so you can literally do your cage maintenance without the animals even touching the enclosure um, as long as they're inside of those lock boxes it's such a cool design that's
2: so cool yeah i love that
3: yeah, I think uh,
0: then then they had this. They had, I guess they called it their montane room. Um, yes, oh, super like, cool. Yeah, man, it was very cool. All the foggers going, and it's super cold.
3: Or well, I wasn't cold, but it was, uh, you know, it's cold to me. My dad's from the Caribbean. It was cold to me, cold man. To I was like, "Where's my sweatshirt? This is not comfortable." <laughs> yeah. The snakes are all like perked up. They're all happy. I'm like, "This is freezing." Uh, what's <laughs> wrong
2: with you? That's awesome.
0: That's awesome yeah he's he's they they're doing good stuff man really really
2: I have to get down there for one of those when yes. when we're allowed to do things like that again
0: so, yeah
2: could know,
0: yeah. you go harping when you're down there or did we, you get a chance?
3: I yeah. wish I did a little bit of walking around, but yeah. it was still a little cold down there, and then um we had gone down it was me jeremy and donnie our camera guy and so Uh. we were like okay let's make this a filming trip so we're gonna go down and just pack in as many things as we can to these you know three days that we're down there so Mm -hmm. like we slept like three or four hours a night because we literally had stuff going from the moment we opened our eyes to the moment that we went to sleep There was constantly something going on. We went to Gatorland with Savannah out there, and we did a bunch of filming at Gatorland. We got to feed feed saltwater crocodiles and, like, check out baby Cuban crocs. And, like, it was just awesome. And we did that, and then, you know, that night was the – the meetup before carpet fest. So everyone went to the brewery and we hung out and, and uh, chatted with people, hung out with Jason Balin um, and some, some of the other people that were out there. And then the next, you know, next day was carpet fest and you know dude we went to tom crutchfield's place it was just like we met up with oh, will nace who's on youtube and stuff we just like every day we packed in the most <laughs> stuff that we could get down there and that's the right. last fun that was had in 2020 that's that was the end Come oh, yeah, was like, was Come everything's done <laughs>
0: oh, yeah well, at least you got to squeeze that in. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, man. It was it was a lot of fun, and I met some people who I've never met before, and so you know that was exciting for me. Was getting to to talk to people who I hadn't met before. Um, I you know I got to see uh, Joe from Port City Pet down there. I got to hang out with Carly down there. We talked about books and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Got to see Forrest. Got to see you know Steve and, and a bunch of the other people uh, who had come down to Carpet Fest, and it was just like really it was great to touch base with all those different people and and kind of get their story and, and really get to you know i don't know build those relationships
1: yeah that's yeah, awesome that's
0: awesome. very very cool um so i guess uh one thing that we'll hit on before we uh before owen goes into his uh his awesome closing questions and stuff but like breeding projects what do you got Do you got anything more personally like your own personal
3: stuff that's coming up this year um, I'm trying to get the scrubs going this year. Nice. Um, last year I had everything cycled. I got a bunch of locks and then Kevin uh, asked me to move my scrubs from one area of the building to another wow. area of the building and it threw off the whole cycle because she oh, had like crap. 40, almost 40 millimeter follicles, which is almost eggs. <laughs> so, um, it really just threw everything off, and so she reabsorbed her follicles, and you know that was that for that. So this year I've got two sarong barneck females that I'm going to be trying. Janet is one of them, and then I've got another one that I've been raising over the last couple of years um, who's a little bit of an older animal. So I'm hoping that I can get some scrubs this year. I don't know if I'm going to breed the West Pop one carpets. I, I like my West Pop one, and I kept a couple babies back from the clutch that I produced this year, but carpet pythons are... You know, not really my main passion. So right. I'm, not, I'm not looking to just crank out snakes for no reason. Sure. Um, so I don't really have I – I think I'm going to give her this year off. And then um, my short-tail pythons, I've got a couple Borneo projects that I'm really excited about. Then I just I love them. I, I don't have any blood python projects like big, bright blood python projects this year. But the Borneos, I'm really excited to uh, get paired up and, and really see what I can make because I made some awesome snakes this year that I'm having a tough time letting go. Like, people been <laughs> like, oh, well, how's sales going? I'm like, I've been selling a lot of them. I just don't really want to sell a lot of them. <laughs>
0: What is the – what are you what are you working with? What is, what is the short – or the Borneos that you work with?
3: So you know if you talk to Matt that Borneos yeah. have got these crazy weird genetics that yep. are, like, yep. not really easy to nail down. Like uh, last year, Dan Megano and I did a joint project where we bred a visual ocelot to a visual ocelot, and we produced, okay. like, only three visual ocelots and then a bunch of things that were not ocelots. So we were super confused. <laughs>
1: Hell's it. Yeah. Right. Welcome to like, Borneos. Yeah, exactly. Welcome
3: to Borneos. (laughs) Um, And then last year, I bred some uh, marble to marbles, and I made some really cool marbles. Uh, I bred some marbles to granites because they're, like, different lineage, side-speckled animals, and I made some really cool stuff with that. How did Um, they turn out? They were interesting because the the mother is one that I produced with Jason Chapman up in Maine, and she's Uh a granite-striped head ultra. So she's got this, like, light silver tones to her and like a chestnut kind of color uh-huh. and she's got the side speckling like a like a marble but she doesn't have like the orange on top she's more of like a chestnut brown color and then the male is a marble from matt Minitola's line and to my knowledge there's not a lot of people who have done marble to granite uh, at least they're documented it and you know at least everything that came out and like said hey look this is what i produced Um, So it was kind of one of those where I just did the experiment to kind of see what would come out. And every single animal came out with some amount of side speckling, uh, you know, a decent amount of side speckling like a marble or granite. So you look at them and you go, okay, that's one of those side speckly kind of things. But... I also produced these like high silver, like gunmetal gray animals that have that oh. side speckling and some striping, and then like oh, a little wow. bit of chestnut color on the back. Um, and then I produced some like what I would consider like Het Ultra animals that have the like light tan, cream, mocha, or light tan and cream colors down the back with that side speckling as well. And then a bunch of them came out with the side speckling, but along the edge of the separation between the, so- the side speckling, the latter Speckling, and the dorsal they have this like big black edging along the top of it. Oh, so yeah. I don't really know what that is, and <laughs> nice. I, they're going to change so much as they grow. So yeah. I mean that that project was cool. And then I bred a blue ultra granite to a animal that is one that I produced. Is a she's technically a het ultra skunk trait animal which is like this really black 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 trait right. um and i bred her to that blue ultra granite and i produced animals all over the spectrum of looks i produced what is like a crystal glow leopard which is like something that keith initially made that's like bright yellow and with like silver highlights and like almost no pattern but uh-huh. big black spots well, not big but like black spots down the sides of it down the tail end and that thing like i saw it come out of the egg and i was like oh that's a hold back i'm just gonna keep, i'm just gonna <laughs> keep mine. that yeah, yeah nope. nobody else look at it don't look yeah, at it don't it's even mine. look at no don't,
2: don't, no divert your eyes like, yes yeah.
3: but i produced everything from animals like that all the way down to like animals that look fairly normal and you know i can tell by looking at them that they're going to develop a lot of like silver blue trait as they get older but if you the average person looks at them they're gonna go oh that's like a normal borneo so, and like everything in between for like striped ultras with black spots down the sides to ones with bright white tails and like all these weird things. And that's what I love about the Borneos. It's like there's so much variety. And yeah. so last year I bred her to the ultra male, which is like the lighter side of things. And then this year I've got a male from VPI that is like black like really black he's got that same black trait that it involves a little bit of neck speckling and i'm going to pair him to that female for the next season uh-huh. To see what happens when you go in the opposite direction. Because I saw what happens when you take them that light direction. Now I want to see what takes them back to that dark direction and see what happens with that. So that's probably my most uh, anticipated clutch this upcoming season. Maybe trying to do the marble to marble again. Um, we'll see w- what happens with that. But I'm not trying to go crazy this upcoming year. i got a lot of holdbacks, so I'm not trying mm-hmm. – like I said, I'm not <laughs> trying to pump out babies. Right. I just – I want to make stuff that I like. So right. that's right. where I'm at.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So – I would ask real quick with the scrubs, like, were you, you know, I, I know you didn't obviously get eggs or whatever, but it seems like you were on the right track. What how, what was your approach? Did you do temperature? Did you do feed cycling?
3: I, I keep her a little bit cooler. I kept her a little bit cooler than a lot of people keep a lot of their reptile rooms. Um, uh-huh. I also did cycle feeding. So right. I uh, didn't, feed, I, I don't feed my scrubs heavy at all ever. Um, uh-huh. Even when they're little, I try and feed them like, oh, it's every three weeks or something. Small Just, meals, medium yes. meals, small medium meals. sized meals. I try not to go uh, leave a big lump in them, you know, something that they can digest after a couple of days. Gotcha. Um, and so that's kind of always been my my thought process when it comes to the scrubs but as i was gearing her up for the breeding season kept her cool but i bumped up her feeding a little bit heavier uh through the end of winter beginning of spring and Mm -hmm. then i i tried pairing them once like early and Mm -hmm. not interest at all zero interest whatsoever the male sat on the opposite side Mm -hmm. no, no interest at all at all um waited a little bit longer, fed her a couple more times, uh waited for some shifts in our uh you know seasonal changes up here and threw them together, boom, immediate spurring, going right at it, locked up nice. within two or three hours, um, and then you know, separated out after a day, cycled them again, did it again, uh kept ultrasounding her every couple weeks to kind of see where she's at as far as follicle development. And like I said, she went up to like 35, 38 millimeter follicles, which is like right when they should be going to eggs. Like that's where they should be. Um, and at that point they needed me to move her from one area to a different area that was warmer and a different type of enclosure and this, that, and the other thing. And so it really just like threw everything off. So this year I'm trying uh, again, with the cycling for feeding, um, again, cooling things down a little bit more, um, and then, you know, waiting further along into the, the typical season before I actually pair them up. Okay. All right.
2: Cool. All right. Dude, it's going to be. Are you going to let any of those babies go or those? Hell <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, These are all mine. Get away from me.
3: Yeah. If Janet reproduces, I'll probably keep all her babies unless for some horrible reason they're all males. Um, uh, then I'll probably sell two or something. <laughs> you know, one, I might let one go well, and, boys. Yeah.
2: Get down to 10, All right. um,
3: but the <laughs> other female that I've got, the other strong female, if she goes, I'll probably let a couple of those babies go. Um, just cause I, I've only had her a couple years. I right. have put a lot more time into the males than with her. Um, she is kind of a, a bit pickier eater. She prefers birds over rodents. So right. she's only taken rodents a couple times for me in the couple of years that I've had. Matter. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not as invested in you know seeing those. I do want to see them grow and develop and stuff, but I definitely am more invested in Janet's babies to see if I can make more docile scrub pythons because she's really great. And then the male that I've got from her is a Prada line barnack as well, and right. he's he's great as well. Like handle handleability wise, um, he still look at give you the side eye sometimes, but he hasn't take a swing at me at all. Um, so I'm. I'm just hoping that I can make some baby scrub pythons, you know. And you know what? Beyond that, uh, if scrub pythons never bred for me, I'm cool with it. I don't still care. love my scrubs. Yeah. I, as long as I can keep them and enjoy them, I don't care if they never reproduce for me.
1: Right, right.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, I feel that with the ruffies. Like, you ever gonna breed them? No. <laughs> i have mine go to hell i don't (laughs) care (laughs) the
3: main reason why i want to breed them is if they ever shut down export yes i want people to have established animals in the united states yeah Um, and that that's that's my heart and that's
2: what should be that's what the mentality i think it should be for a lot of these projects for indo or for even just harder to breed species that you know We need to work with them because if we don't, they're gone. And then if somebody gets really enthusiastic, they're not, it's not going to be there for them. Um, You know? Yeah.
0: You know, Owen and I were talking before we, before we started the show and um, we were talking about um, uh, David Attenborough's new uh,
1: Netflix
0: (laughs) show. And, you know, what's crazy to think about this is like, even if, even if like, you know, like, those species may disappear just because there's no environment for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I know we we're always concerned about that they're gonna shut exports down and they might be lost or whatever, but they may be lost because there's nothing left for nowhere left for them to go, you know. Yeah, and, you know, you could just lose species and be like, Oh, they're gone. What do you mean they're gone? They're gone. Yeah. Okay, there's they're no
3: dead. place for them to live in the wild. Like Borneo's Borneo is getting demolished by palm oil plantations.
0: Destroyed.
3: Like if, uh, if I don't get to see Borneo's in the wild, I'm gonna cry.
0: And you gotta go soon because I don't yeah, yeah. hurry up, man. Didn't look Good man. On that show, in that show they 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 specifically talked about Borneo and they actually showed like how the just like the whole thing just kind of disappeared from they were talking about like the, the the you know what makes a rainforest work is the variety of species and especially the variety of species of plant life and trees that are in that. And like people think that you can just like take down the, the rainforest and then put in like just palm oil plantations and somehow that's going to be the same thing. A,
2: tree's you a know? tree is a tree. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: just...
0: So I don't know, man, uh, I, w-
3: I would try to
2: make that trek soon because yeah. it's looking good. Um, yeah. Bring Matt with you.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Me and Matt have actually been talking about it a little bit and like trying to coordinate and then COVID kind of happened and yeah. you know, we're, we we've talked about it a couple times and like last Timely I was like dude we gotta go we gotta do it because like if there's anybody who's big into Borneos like me me and him are like huge into that and yeah. you know if I could go there and see a Borneo in the wild I would be so geeked and that like would put dude, icing on the you lose your cake. mind, yep. you'll lose yeah. your mind, man. Yep. Probably. It's, it's going to be the ugliest, like, to war-torn. It's got You'll scars cry. on it. And I'm like, You'll this dream. is the best yeah. snake in the world. Yeah. You, you don't Gotta know lie. what you're going to do. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I'd be like, this is the most beautiful snake I've ever seen.
0: Right. <laughs> it's wheezing. got it's scars, scars on its back. back. Yeah. 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 yeah, It's all good, you know. Yeah. Oh,
2: man. That's great. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I hope you get there, you know. Yeah, I man. know Matt, he's been, he's been begging you know, somebody to go with him for a long time, and it's like. I said, dude, I don't know if I can break away from Australia. Australia, yeah. I yeah, have my yeah, thing we're... going right now. I know I'd love to go and to Borneo, but like you got to pick I don't and choose
2: have those enthusiasm because he'd be like, "Look," I'd be like, "Cool." And yeah, he'd be like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, so you know, well, yeah, you're
0: gonna find tons of cool shit, even if you,
3: venomous you know, stuff. There's tons there of venomous stuff on Borneo. We go. Yeah. Bring me all the deadly. Yeah. You ever so. watch
0: that guy on YouTube? I don't know his name. Shame on me. But um, he's from there and they just go and dig the short tails out of the ground. Do you ever? See I've that? seen
3: a couple of those videos. Yeah, yeah. They're just like sitting there in a field and they like dig up a little bit of dirt, pull back the like root system. And there's a bunch of bloods under there. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Underground? Uh, yeah, and they're
2: all like, "What? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what just happened to the roof." Yeah, yeah. That's... So that's
0: awesome. So before Owen does his questions, my question yeah. is, is: There anything that you're looking to add into your collection this year?
2: Oh no, is there
3: any um Yes, oh, okay. but it's not something that anyone is probably coming up off of in the United States. Um, oh. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some Malukan scrub pythons. Yes. Um, and um, I, I'm i not going to jinx it, but there may be some coming into the U.S. in the not-so-distant future. I've heard from um, a source, so um, there may or may not be some coming into me here soon, shortly. I'm hoping. I'm not going to okay. jinx it, but there may or may not be a group of them coming into the U.S. soon.
2: Um, the only scrubs that would work with say- are the only ones left, yeah.
3: So that, that'll be cool. So I want to add some Malukins to my collection. Good uh, sure. But aside from that, I I don't really – I'm trying not to get any more animals. I really want to wait until I've got more space uh, so I can set things up how I want to set them up because being at nerd, I'm a little bit more limited on space right now. Uh-huh. And when it comes to the scrubs, I just want to give them the best of the best, and I just want to do right by them. So I'm trying not to really buy anything else right now. I'm, I actually just put a big investment on a group, like a project from, uh, my buddy. So that is my last big purchase until (laughs) I can get some Malukins. And then that's it. I'm I'm pretty much, I think I'm done. And until I can get venomous, if I can get venomous somehow, then all, everything's changed. And I'm I'm,
2: going to get a whole
3: bunch of cool stuff, but I, uh, for now, I think I'm pretty good with what I've got.
2: Vipers or lapids If you're gonna do venomous,
3: I can't. I'm not yeah. gonna say I can't stand, but I don't really like elapids. The only elapid that I like really, really like are death adders. Um, okay. Most of the rest of them, I'm like, oh, a cobra, you have to irritate it for it to be interesting. No, I don't really like irritating my snakes. So. I don't
2: like pissing it off. <laughs>
3: yeah, I don't like pissing them off. So I'd rather just have a rhino viper that looks amazing and I can just stare at it and be like, bob my head at it and it bobs its head back. And I'm right. like, yeah, you're cool.
2: Right. If, if I could somehow get the spider tail vipers, never oh. touch them, and just watch them, I would be in heaven. They are. <laughs> My favorite viper out of everything.
3: Did you see that Mike Vessio has some and he bred them? No shit! Yeah, he bred them in the US this year or last year. No shit. Yeah, he posts um, videos of them on his Instagram. It's called Viper Breeder. And he's got the spider tail vipers. He, I don't know if he had if he took them down because I tried to find the video of the babies because he's like, when they're born, they have like a waxy coating on their tail so it's not like prickly and sticking out and then it like sheds off with the first shed. Oh, that's cool! So cool. And so (laughs) he's so cool. He's got some video of his adults and stuff or some pictures of his adults on there, but uh, he's got some in the US so. Those are really, really cool. But I I love Vipers. Honestly, you know, I hear something really terrible, not terrible, but people are going to be like, wow, that's kind of lame. I love Copperheads, like Transpecos and Broadbanded Copperheads. I love those things, man. If I could have some Broadbanded Copperheads, I'd be happier than a pig in mud, man. I'd Uh, just be super geeked
2: i'm still mad that they went and found a copperhead without me because i slept in like i I, i'm pissed pissed that happened so So here's the deal
3: Owen. i'll i'll shoot you some pictures because i know some spots um in my neck of the woods where you can see some copperheads this year i found a litter of babies all packed Mm. in together and Mm. uh i know spots where we can see a ton of them so
2: all right well then next time i'm up there next time i end up taking a trip to nerd i'll i'll (laughs) I'll pack some time around it It won't be one of those like not in december yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it'll be i'll I'll pack a day in around it or something like that but yeah dude that's awesome
0: yeah, just oh, man. Let me know. I'm, I'm I was looking at his Instagram, man. Holy shit.
3: Yeah, he's got some crazy <laughs> Dude. stuff. I uh, yeah. I messaged Keith when I found those copperheads and I was like, "Dude, you got to come field herping with me cuz he posted a picture of a timber like a couple days before I found the copperheads and I was like, "Right. I would love to find timbers because they're so endangered up here, but you just can't find them anymore. They're pretty much gone, almost. We got a spot for you.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we got a spot right near Hamburg. down
3: here near my house. Yeah, 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 dude. Kevin, uh, Kevin knows all the spots up here, and he works with all the fishing game and all that sort of stuff. So he goes out and sees all the timbers, but he never brings me on his field herping trips. So Uh. I I just, I know the spots where I can find copperheads. I go find those. (laughs) Yeah, it's like not fair. He's (laughs) Like, like, I want a day off. You go handle nerd for the day, and I'm going to go but, play with snakes. <laughs> but, but, but I want to go. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: Jeez, that's awesome. That's, awesome. that's cool. Ooh. That would be cool to get a, a Viper collection. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, All right, so uh, the next up, we have the closing questions for you. Uh, these are horrible, rigorous questions that will test your uh, every herpetological nerve. Anyway, <laughs> um, so if you could go anywhere in the world and go herping, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find?
3: Southeast Asia for scrub pythons and short tails easy <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> oh that's all I really care about I mean I I, no, I really want to hit Arizona again to do some um, field nice. herping for stuff out there because I would love to see like some willard uh the ridge nose rattlesnakes I would love to yeah. see those in the wild uh, black tail rattlesnakes cortalis molasses oh yeah, I is. love those things and then you know what's really I really want to make a trip to east Texas because there's a type of water snake called a broadbanded water snake that uh-huh. the ones in the east texas population they're like fire engine red and like they have these crazy bands all over their body and i would lo- i would geek out if i got to find some of those so those are like the spots where i would like to go field herping uh most you know nice so,
2: that's cool I, I we we i would like to get back out to texas because Finding that one Western Diamondback was cool, and I I want more. I want to yes. find more. Yeah,
0: so, <laughs> I think that um, might be the next trip, by the
2: way, Alan. What, East Texas, West no, Texas? No, or, no, no. You know, going back out, Texas, yeah. okay. back
0: out to West Texas, yeah.
2: But Okay, back out to West Texas? I mean, you know, we'll let me let me quit my job first. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, just quit my job and go herping all over the world, but well, yeah. well, you're going to have
1: to Woo-hoo!
2: pay me. So... Um, <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, if you could keep any reptile without any concerns of legality, availability, or price, what would it be and why?
3: Uh, Fees Viper, as Emiops Fea from South China. They're like a super primitive viper species. They are like dark purple. They got orange bands on them and like a yellow tan orange colored head. I've loved those things since I was little. Like I read about them in a book and they're like, this is the only species in this genus and they're freaking amazing. And (laughs) I was just like, I've always been enamored with those and they're super rare in the US hobby, but they're not rare in China. Like they're fairly common. They now know that there's two species. There's the the Fea and the uh carini and that guy mike vessio he's got them in bred though, um <laughs> which is crazy so that's like how i found him i was like looking up Fees viper pictures and i was like oh i haven't seen that picture on google images where did that come from yeah. and it's like boom right to him and he's got a small collection of them but they're like a super cold speed like they live in areas that yeah. are very cold so they need to be kept at like 50 degrees or something so if I could set up an area for them just to have some of those, I would be, like, super geeked out. Those are, like, amazing, and I've always been just, like, in love with those. So that would be the species I would probably keep.
0: Yeah, Owen just shared it in that the chat. And I, I was like,
3: Googled is this what he's talking about?
1: holy
2: I got to figure this out, and... I just I'm like, damn, that is impressive,
3: yeah, <laughs> like, but they're not big, they wow. only get like 18 inches or something, they're small like the, the Fia, the Fia are smaller, they are like, I think 13 or 14 inches, average length, and then the Karimi, they found out, are the ones that get a little bit bigger, up to like 18 inches like, I felt stupid, I was like, I'm just going to describe what it looks like, so the people who are listening to the podcast know, because I, I don't know I just, I've known about them forever, and I just think that they're the coolest things, but I know that they're not something that everyone knows about.
2: Well, you know if you're not in Venomous, like, I I, I I don't keep track of all the vipers that are out there i'm like pretty yeah. deadly snake next
3: yeah like, you want to see another really pretty one check out uh tropidolamus lactosinctus they're like a broad banded um waggler's pit viper or something in that same kind of group but they're green and red banded and they're freaking amazing and uh those things if i can get some of those we're we're trying to get some uh, at nerd but they're like they only been around the hobby, even in Southeast Asia for a couple years, four years, wow. five years, or something. But those yeah. things are smoking. I would love to get one of those, or like even wagglers just the the Sumatras. The females, yeah. the ones from Sumatra, are like black with the green and the white. I yes. love that. Anything with contrast, man, I love contrast.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Anything with crazy ass contrast is done. But that Fia's viper, that is insane. That yeah. is awesome. I love that
1: idea. They're That's my favorite.
3: Cool. They're hands down. If I can keep anything, like I said, I know I said scrubs before, if I can only keep one thing, it'd be scrubs. But I would just like to have, you know, fees and, and really get the chance to see them and see how they work. Because supposedly they're fossorial, they live underneath the leaf litter, um, and you don't see them all that much, but just to get to see, you know, all that different cool habits that they would have and, you know, really get to see them and see what they're like in person. I, I would yeah. love, but they're so rare in the US when they get imported. They're They're very sensitive to dehydration, so they often come in as severely dehydrated. Uh, They sometimes want lizards to eat, so they're just like, they're not an easy species to keep. Most people who keep them in the United States are successful only for up to like six to nine months. It's very rare that people are successful with them long term. So there's something that we're missing, uh, like, like how dragon snakes were not very easy to keep until people kind of figured out how to dial them in. Um, I I think they're in that kind of same group where they just need something that we're missing. And once we figure that out, it'll be a little bit easier, but I would love to have some of those. Those are just like super, super cool.
2: I love the idea of like having people figure that stuff out where it's like we're missing something and there are people who are actively trying to figure it out. And then I just love that because people take that for granted because at one point, A lot of this shit was hard to keep quiet. (laughs) Somebody sat down and figured this out for you
1: like it was yeah. Sad.
3: Yeah, we had so. dragon snakes at Nerd and, and when I opened Dude. up the box and saw them I was like, "Kevin, why did you order these? These things are like <laughs> so hard to take care of." And then why I was like, "Why
1: would you do this?" Yeah, I was somewhere? like,
3: "Why would you do this?" And then I like went down this deep rabbit hole looking for like every little bit of information that I could find about them for like a week straight where I just like researched as much as I could and uh you know i'd set them up i knew you need to keep them cool you need to keep them humid Mm -hmm. they need a decent sized water dish and all that sort of stuff so we set them up and uh we actually did amazing with them they did great and like as long as you stayed within their parameters of like they like to eat fish They'll we got them to eat earthworms we got them to eat tadpoles and uh like little froglets as long as you stay in their lane they're great they're awesome they they were very not I'm not gonna say they were easy to take care of but if you follow your parameters they stayed alive and they did well and I was like amazed because every everything, everything I read up to that point was like good luck they're gonna die <laughs> right. I could see how if you try to keep them like a ball Python how they would die because they'll just right. <laughs> desiccate inside the tub they, they're not meant to be kept like that but if right. you keep them like a dragon snake like that they do great
1: so right that's That's awesome (laughs) uh,
3: that's been interesting i don't know that that is another part of nerd is like all the variety of things that i get to work with here has taught me so much
1: yeah
2: i mean i would
3: imagine that they're valuable
2: you know yeah yeah Yeah. that's awesome uh the last one is um (laughs) who is your favorite person in the hobby and why besides owen
1: <laughs>
2: I don't count. I'm a host. That, so.
3: like, I don't know. That's a tough question for me to answer because, like, when you guys are talking about, like, hanging out with Matt Minotola and hanging out with Keith McPeak and, like, A lot of the people who, when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, if I could just get to like talk to them for a minute, I would just like be so over the moon. A lot of those people now are the people who I'll like shoot a text over to and I'm like, hey, check out this thing that just went through a shed and like check out this cool thing that I'm doing or like, what do you think about this? And like bouncing ideas off of them. And I've got a lot of people who are like my favorite people in the hobby. And um, like Keith, when I first like met Keith online, I was not a big fan of Keith because of the stuff that had gone on, um, like back in the day, like it's ancient history now, um, but some of the stuff that had gone on in the short tail community and I was like, so invested with short tails and like how I felt about them that I like was so just like rubbed the wrong way by him. And then once I got to know him and like, he kind of explained all the things that were going on. I had, like, a completely, you know, 180-degree change. And, like, I consider Keith to be, like, one of those guys where, like, if I ever have a question, I can reach out to him. And, you know, I have the utmost respect for what he's going to tell me. And, um, you know, learning from him, learning from Matt Minatola, like, Matt is, like, just this – incredible person he's so nice he's so patient he's incredibly intelligent about the things that he works with and does and if he doesn't know something he's not afraid to say hey man i don't know yeah and i respect the hell out of him for that because there's too many people who are afraid to say i don't know in this hobby because they think that it makes them look one way or look another way but i've got so much more respect for somebody who goes hey man i I don't know, maybe talk to this person or, you know, maybe I can find out somehow and maybe, you know, go in this direction or, you know, maybe you have a better idea than I do. I've Mm -hmm. got so much more respect for that than the people who go, well, I know everything and, you know, you're not going to tell me anything new because I still learn things from people who have got like 10 snakes. I'm like, how did you figure this weird (laughs) thing out? And, you know, I've worked with thousands of snakes and they're telling me things and I'm like... I need to start incorporating that into what I'm doing, right. and so like I look up to like people like Keith, people like Matt, people like Kara uh, Norris, who works with the the Bloods and Shorttails, and like a lot of those tight knit people in the Blood and Shorttail community, um, they're probably my favorite people because they are like so in love with the snakes. They don't really care about making a name for themselves. They don't care about, you know, making that next $10,000 new morph. They don't care about (laughs) Mm -hmm. that. They want people who are invested in the hobby to do well in the hobby. And that's, what's kept me like, that's one of the things that's really kept me invested in sharing with the short tail community because not every community is like that. You know, people go, oh, this guy's doing this thing and I don't really like that. So, you know, forget that guy or, you know, this person over here, uh, You know, they feed their snakes this way, so forget them. Almost every single person who's like a diehard short tail fan cares the most about the short tails and everything else beyond that is whatever. And I love that the most. Yeah. Like that, that's something that I've always admired about the people who are diehard about short tails. And I'm, I'm like one of those people who I'm like, just die-hard about them. If people are passionate about those short tails, I want to help them out. I want to see them succeed. I want to see them, if they want to do that project, I want them to run with it and, and really be successful with it. And so that's where I stand. I mean, I, a lot of my people who I looked up to growing up are now people who I kind of consider my peers. And like, I don't, I'm never going to be like at the level of Keith McPeak, you know it's so humbling when i post a snake that i produced and he's like man that's an awesome snake right and i'm just like oh <laughs> yeah. my, he's yeah. oh, Keith, Wait, yeah. Keith said that about a short tail that i produced like he's produced hundreds he did the marbles he did the ultras he did the leopards and the ghosts and like all this stuff i'm like wait he's geeked out about a snake that i made that like has been just like super humbling for me and like Jason Chapman the guy who I worked with up in Maine uh you know he was breeding short tails and he was local to me and Amazon tribos and stuff that I was interested in so You know, getting to see him be like, man, it's cool to see how far you've come. Because I don't feel like I'm one of these like big time breeder guys. Like I see people Mm -hmm. at the expos are like, hey, you're Rob from Nerd. I watch you in the videos, and I love how (laughs) educational you do. And I'm like, I'm I'm a weird reptile guy who just likes snakes. Why Why do you care about me, dude? Like you're doing stuff too, and like I don't know, like being around Kevin and learning from him, and then you know, learning from a lot of the people that I looked up to. Like when I was a kid. I had, you know, ball python posters in my wall next to my blood python stuff. And like, you know, the first bumblebee ball python that I saw a picture of, I was like, that's the most thing. What the hell? That's not a ball python. What did they do to that thing? And I was like, I lost my mind. And then to go from that kid to like working and like I'm posting the pictures and helping do the breeding projects for that next new thing. It yeah. just I don't know it hasn't really even registered to me because I'm just, I feel like I'm just like another reptile kid just like geeking out over my scrub pythons and like it's not it's not ever like been an ego thing for me and like if if it all ended today if people were like look you're fired from nerd you're gone you know you don't you can't have any of the followers that you had from YouTube and you Instagram and all that crap and I just go back to keeping snakes in my you know in my bedroom again, you know, that's fine with me. I don't really care. Like I I like to share the information that I've gathered over the years with people who are interested in hearing about it because it was the people like that that really got me further in the hobby to the point where I'm at right now. If it wasn't for Keith McPeak sharing his information with me, if it wasn't for Matt Minatola, you know, setting down and going hey man, you've got this project you should get this animal right here, I'll hook you up with it or you know, any of those people who really were like, look these are little things you can do to tweak Um, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now and I would like to be and help I I would like to be that person for other people and if I can share information about stuff I want to do that because I want to see people be successful because the more other people are successful the better our hobby does as a whole yeah. and the the better the more it grows because that's the the end goal is to you know 10 maybe 20 years ago if you had a pet snake you were the weirdo and everybody made <laughs> fun of you and they were like get the hell out of here I don't want to talk don't talk to my kids and right. like now I go to do school programs and there's two or three kids like little girls and little boys they're like I got a bearded dragon I got a I got a corn snake I've got three ball pythons and it's not the same because people have put in that work to share that, like, experience and that mm-hmm. love that they've got for these animals. And the more that we share that with other people, the more people that get invested of in it, the less fringe it is. And, you know, with that comes people who are like, you know, ding-dongs and people who are going to do stupid stuff like free-handle shit and, and kiss uh, timber <laughs> rattlesnakes on the forehead. On the like, yeah, like, man. I That sort of stuff drives me crazy. And But, you know, this work that I'm doing trying to help people get over their fear and, you know, I'm not making an impact on, you know, Steve Irwin's level or Jeff Corwin or any of those other guys who, you know, affected millions and millions of lives. But if I can change, you know, 100 people's lives, I'm cool with that. I just want people to get excited about reptiles because the more people get excited about reptiles, uh, the more people I can geek out with. Right.
2: (laughs) Nice, man. Yeah. That's a good way to
0: well think said. about it.
3: Well said. Well yeah. said. I don't know. Oh, that's long-winded. That's the abridged no, version. <laughs> I, like that idea. I
2: like that idea rather than you being been like, oh, you know, Paul over there. Oh, yeah, sure yeah, that <laughs> over there. yeah, that, dude, that guy over there. That dude. I I, 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 I got a
3: lot of people that I look up to. Um, it, it's an ever-growing number of people because the more people that i meet that are invested in the animals that they work with uh the more people i admire in the hobby right. and you know nobody's perfect there's yeah. tons of people who have fallen short or had a project go wrong on them or you know something happened and you know when you see the community come together and like lift those people up and go, Hey man, I know it's tough right now. I've been through it. Keep pushing. When you see that person keep pushing and then become successful and keep going with that stuff. Uh, you know, that's just inspiring to me. Like seeing Mike Curtin, you know, he went through some real tough stuff these last several years, man. And he is like, yeah, he's still got that passion and i admire the hell out of him man i miss going to white plains and bringing cupcakes and seeing his kids and get excited <laughs> about those cupcakes at the white plains show man and just getting to talk to him about what he's excited about and i don't know that's the sort of stuff that really just i look up to that's my favorite thing about the hobby and that's as long as i'm in it that's what i want to keep doing
2: yeah. yeah, that'd be
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick one person
3: under yeah. that. You know, yeah. I
2: don't think anybody. <laughs> I, you know, if I you're don't think the smart person. You don't have one person. So no. that, yeah, Because
3: no. yeah, yeah. everybody's got their faults. Everybody's made mistakes. You yeah. can sure. pick out any one person, and I, you know, someone can go through and pick out a bunch of things that they've done wrong. Yeah, but Absolutely. you know, there's also a lot of people who've done incredibly good things for the hobby, and it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, I I look up to that and, you know, I understand that I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. Um, You know, I've done things that I'm not proud of. But I try every single day to be better uh, as a keeper, as an educator, as someone who loves reptiles. I I try my best to do right by these animals, and that's what I want to do.
0: I wish we could somehow (laughs) change the idea and the hobby that if you have a problem or if you're – you know, like you're saying, uh, you know, make a bad choice or something goes wrong or whatever, that we were so not afraid to either, you know, either just share that information or to be honest, but it's like, it's, you know, and it's, it's a weird dynamic because most people would be like, well, we want them just to be straight. But then there's this other group of people that are just kind of waiting to bounce on you for your mistake. And it's it's like the,
3: game. yeah, it's a shame because like I I get it. Here's that's the, where you the learn. reason. Yeah, the mm-hmm. reason why people are so like crazy about it is because they're passionate about reptiles and they yeah. go like, "Look, I've, you know, someone who's got one bearded dragon and that's their pet. They've invested all of this time and attention and they don't understand how someone who does something different than them or has more animals than them could miss something that, you know, Reptiles are really good at hiding things. Yeah, they if are. If there's something wrong, they're really good at hiding it. So sure. if you're not spending all of your day staring at that thing, you might miss it. And it's not because you're a bad person or because you're a terrible keeper. It's just how it is. Like, right. you, it's not possible to look at every single thing that every single animal is doing every single day, unless you've got one animal, you're unemployed and that's your life. Like right. it's not possible. And, and, and for people to like really hound down on people, you know, what's going to change a lot of this and, and not all of it, but you know, what's going to really change this and rock the entire reptile world. When the research that comes out about nidovirus and other you know, pathogens that are involved in reptiles, when those numbers start coming out, yep. it is going to change the entire face of the reptile community. Mark my words right now, it's going to change everything that everyone believes. Like it really is going to, it's They're going to have yeah. to, otherwise they're going to ignore the science and they're going to say that climate change isn't real. The earth is flat and <laughs> they're, they're going to say <laughs> that they're going to raise your taxes. Like there's it's just, no that's, moon that's, no of the universe. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what it's going to boil down to because you cannot ignore the facts and the facts are just rolling in. So when yeah. people learn about that stuff, it is going to change the entire reptile hobby.
0: Yeah, well, I hope for the better. You know, I mean, I hope it's. uh, I, I you know, I don't know. It's like one of those things where, like, you you know, even I don't know if you've ever been in the spot, me, you know, and have been in the spot over the years. It's like, do we talk about this? Do we not yes. talk about 100%, this? One hundred percent. If we talk about it, then we're you know we're we're bringing light to it. If we don't talk about it, then it seems like we're trying to it the problem. Or, or you right. know, it's like and, you, you can't make a right or wrong decision in that
3: case. So no, you, just you really like can't you think it's best. Yeah. And and it's it's this weird dichotomy. It's this weird split where you want to be honest with people, but you yeah. know that if you're honest that uh some people <laughs> may judge your entire life on 10 yeah. minutes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh quite honestly, I, don't, I at this point, I mean Owen probably cares more than I do, but I I just don't care what I mean
2: <laughs> I, I try not to, but I i'm yeah
0: i'm older so to me it's like listen you know i'm kind of like at the you know get off my lawn stage yeah. of my life so it's kind of like listen <laughs> man yeah. you know i'm it old enough to is. be your dad You're, you think i'm an asshole so bad i don't,
3: yeah, I, guess <laughs> I, don't I
0: don't know what to like, you say
1: know? i like yeah. you, <laughs> you <know?
0: laughs> yeah um, for sure but whatever it is what it is but yeah good stuff man good good stuff it was oh, yeah. uh yeah it was awesome uh hanging out and and chatting and uh love the passion and uh yeah so i guess with closing where can people follow yeah, you mine, throw mine out mine all your stuff, your stuff if they youtube and twitch and yeah all, that stuff. And all if you, that stuff
3: yeah if you want to see stuff that's going on in new england reptile uh check us out on youtube check us out on instagram it's at new england reptile uh we're also doing live streams on twitch so uh some days we are looking at babies that are hatching out some days we are uh looking at blood pythons some days we're taking out big reticulated pythons it really varies the twitch stream is like you can chat with us live and really like get a chance to interact with me or kevin or jeremy or any of the people that we got going on at nerd uh those things are really great if you want to see what i'm personally doing uh, the best place to do that is probably on instagram Uh, my instagram name is at rob is creeping it real because i'm always trying to creep it real and (laughs) i try and keep it real i try not to sugarcoat stuff i try and just be as honest as i can with people um i also have a youtube channel i don't really put a lot of work into my youtube channel because i just post stuff that i think is interesting and the world as a whole generally doesn't think that's very interesting so um, i got some interesting stuff about the clutches that i produced this year some experimentations that i did with incubation temperatures and just information about that sort of thing but you know best place is Instagram. Check me out. Rob is creeping it real. Uh, don't add me on Facebook because I don't really, my Facebook is a group of people who are like a little community and
1: Mm -hmm. I'm not saying
3: that you're a bad person and I don't want you in my community, but I've gone through a huge purge recently of just people (laughs) who just post negative stuff all the time. And I can't, to Handle that. Yeah. So, um, if you want to follow my Facebook, you can. It's Rob Christian, um, but I'm not probably going to accept most friend requests unless you're like a diehard reptile person because that's the only thing I care about looking at in my feed. If you're posting stuff that's not reptiles, I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yet. it doesn't really matter to me. So, uh, those are the best places to reach things about me. And then, if you want to check out the Reptile Talk podcast, uh, you can find it on pretty much any major platform where podcasts are available. It's it's reptile talk we also post pictures for each episode of our guests and some of the things they work with um it's at reptile talk on instagram uh would be the place to check it out and oh, cool. thank you so much for having me on guys like this has been a bunch of fun i'm sorry yeah. i ramble a ton so dude no that's oh,
1: the man, best guest ever like you know it's
2: it's the guests were like so how was your day like how many snakes do you have Twelve. oh cool yeah. all right oh, yeah. no, no, no. no. We want the rambling. Nobody yeah. wants to listen to us.
3: Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I enjoy the episodes of just you guys, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> if there's nobody else, I'm listening to the episodes. So. All right, we got one. All right, <laughs> we got one fan. <laughs> I'll mark that
1: down. So, uh,
2: but okay, yeah, this awesome has been stuff. great, man. I love this, and hopefully we catch up with you soon. It's weird without the reptile shows because it's like, you know, I, I mean, I used to see you at White Plains. You know, yeah. we, we used to. I used to see it and Amber, yep. you know, all this stuff. So um, it's it just one of those things where, you know, hopefully those pick up again soon and uh, we can see uh, outside. Hopefully Carpet Fest happens and so you yeah, make it down. So, yeah. I actually put in do... time
3: off this year for Carpet Fest and I was like, I'm going, I'm <laughs> going, I'm going. And then it was got canceled. And I was like, Son of a God damn it. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there eventually
1: i promise we'll
3: get one i decided that i'm skipping this hamburg but after the first of the year once we kind of get a a deal of what covid looks like nationwide i am definitely going back to the hamburg show yeah Um, i enjoy just going to talk to people down there and uh I got some funny Hamburg stories, but I'll save that for some other time. <laughs> we, should do,
2: we, should do, we should just do an episode of funny Hamburg stories. Yes! If that yeah. Dude, like...
3: that would make such a funny episode. No, just interviewing several. a <laughs> bunch of different people of the funny things or outrageous things that happen at Hamburg. I've that I've got would a few... Be wild, man. Oh, that would
1: be, you
2: would be bad.
3: Crazy. she <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will kill you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh God
2: so, uh on that note <laughs> <laughs> this has been awesome, Rob. We'll catch up with you a little bit further down the road and uh you know, uh definitely check out uh your podcast and moving on with that one, okay?
3: Thanks, man. We appreciate cool. it. Have a nice night, guys. All right, you All too, right
2: too, thanks mate. Rob. See
3: Okay, let's close oh, this baby out. Good stuff, man.
0: That, that,
1: that
2: was a good episode of like other episodes we've done. The calendar oh reveal felt like felt like robotic. Where it's like, and the winner is this was for fun. <laughs> yeah, so yeah,
1: exactly.
0: That's all the right. Pressure of being live, right? Yeah, and, uh, damn
2: right. Oh God, that's. I'm glad that's over.
0: That's over with. Right? Yeah, we
2: can <laughs> yeah. edit things. I can say horrible things. You just take them out. No one knows. Right. Until you post it without editing it before. Yeah. So.
0: So yeah, make sure you go follow Rob and all stuff. Those guys are doing a good podcast and uh, it's good stuff. So um, Rob's a good guy and uh, he's got some cool stuff. So be sure to uh, follow that as far as us. Um, so next week we're talking with in the neck. Well, I should say, yeah, next week. Okay. Yeah. So, next
2: week. It's a weekly podcast. Well, it's These weird when old. we
0: record this, Owen, because Stop it's not it. it's a weekly, a
2: weekly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. Real, real weekly podcast. Just next week.
0: Yeah. We're talking to Lucas Lee of central centralian exotics. So that nice. should be cool. We're talking some bread lies, some, you know, uh, uh, he's got some womas, some blackheads kind of stuff. It's kind of, Kind of uh, up and comer, I guess, if you will. You know, I guess uh, you know we, we gotta stay. Uh, we gotta stay with the young guys now. Oh, you're one of me now. You know, I no, mean, no, you're on I my that. side of the. Actually, you're on my I, side of it now, I, I've <laughs> always kind of
2: wanted to be on the old person side, so yeah. I'm okay with it.
0: Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm we fine. welcome you with open arms. I
2: yell at children. It's yeah, good. Tell so. them to
0: get off your lawn. You'll be good yep, all
2: the time. Um,
0: <laughs> so uh, for us, our website, Maria Python Radio. .com. Um, you can check out uh, everything that's going on over there. Um, and the cool thing that what we do, so we have all these winners, right? All these winners tonight that we yeah. picked as far as the calendar yeah. contest. So congrats to all you guys. We'll be getting in touch with everybody. Um, yeah. And we will post up the pictures the day the podcast comes out, obviously. Um, you know, people, Terry people,
2: used to backflip when we mentioned his name. Now that he's Morelli of the year, I expect something <laughs> like just, I mean... Yeah. 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 You, you better blow <laughs> me away. That's all I'm saying. Right.
0: We want to see a TikTok video of him doing cartwheels all Just around. Just so. freaking out. That's all
2: I want. Yeah. Just um, freaking out.
0: So, so, uh, so yeah, congrats to uh, to Terry. Uh, Ruffies for the win. Finally, Owen is at the top of. Uh, I think Ruffy right. won before a couple years ago, but I could be
2: wrong. But I don't remember. But I, it was this yeah. cool
0: snake, man. I'm I'm rolling with it. I, I don't really care. Yeah, keep going. So, so. Uh, uh, that's the uh, website. So oh, and what we do is we post up the on the on the homepage when you open it up. Yep, all, you know, all, all the, the, will be there. All, the mm-hmm. all the winners. So that's pretty cool. Um, and the other thing, uh, obviously, once uh, we get uh, all the uh, you know. We're going to reach out to everybody to give us, uh, email the pick. So it's better quality because Facebook, you know, shits it up better, um, yeah. cetera, et cetera. But, uh, once we get that, we'll get the, you get them printed out and, uh, we will, uh, announce it, uh, over on the,
2: right. And uh, we'll announce Facebook, it and Instagram we'll shipping worldwide. So I know there are several friends in Australia yep. who normally request a couple calendars. So, yep. uh, We'll take care of you guys with that. Just message either myself or Eric. We'll get you guys set up once those are live. Do not message us until they are live. Do not do it right now. I know several of you are typing. It <laughs> Stop <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so so there's that. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, info at com is the uh, email. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can subscribe to the show, whatever podcast app you choose. Uh, and then don't forget to check out our Teespring store for the NPR yes. merch. And we have the other podcasts that now have joined the NPR network. Oh my God, there's so many things we have to plug. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) know. We have Carpet Cliff Notes, um, and we have Colubrid Corner, um, and we have Student and the Serpent. Carpet Cliff Notes, like condensed version of NPR. Colubrid Corner is Owen and Riley talking about some obscure, never heard of,
2: really cool Fringe Kluber. colubrid species that <laughs> yeah. you may or may not have heard of and you may or may not have seen in U.S. herptoculture. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah I enjoyed that. That was uh, that was good stuff. And then uh, me and Rob Stone doing Student of the Serpent. Our next s- serpent that yes. we're going to be studying yes. is the timber rattlesnake.
2: Dude, like it, Student of the Serpent is like, so, you know, Riley and I kind of touch on the fringe species, kind of introduce you to the colubrid and stuff like that. Student the Serpent is like a huge encyclopedia deep dive into (laughs) a certain species. It's like Owen Show there it shows like how we always used to talk about how we're both going to write books about going to Australia. Mine would be a pop-up book about Owen and its friends visit Australia and it would come with a balloon. Yours would be a giant encyclopedia with no pictures or fun at all.
1: So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's that. Yeah. I mean, so I just want, I do want to put this little disclaimer out there before we jump off. Right. So student yeah. and the serpent was the reason it took so long is because it's, it's what I had in my mind and, you know, talking with Rob and what we where we were going with it and everything, it was kind of like uh, hard to sort of get that with what we had. Right. So <laughs> we we kind of did it backwards to where is like rather than. S- uh, how can I explain this? So, so it should be more like a, uh, like, like a scene type of thing, right? right. You know, like we're going to yeah. talk about this and this is who we're going to talk to about this. And we're going to talk about this, blah, blah, blah. So like when we did that, we sort of like, I had to like edit for
2: days, Forever. <laughs> like, days. And for, still, like, and the, I, I, the were I've, been getting, and... I've been getting samples of this show for months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here, what do you think about this part? I like it. Yeah. When are you gonna be done? Don't know yet. All right. No, I don't know. Listen, and then I had I, it
0: all done and then I had to scrap it because it wasn't right. You know I know
2: better than to, to to try to tell the artist that, you know, you know <laughs> we have to we gotta press the album, man, and you're like, no, it's not like that's when you disappear with the master tapes and I don't hear from you for a month. And that's right. You come back with a whole new album that I've never heard of. Like, yeah.
0: So I guess my point is is that I think the next episode. And here's the other part. I don't know how about you fell about doing Koolooper cool Corner, but like...
2: Dude, I almost slipped into NPR mode like eight times, where I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm, getting ready clean, I'm getting ready to close the show, and I'm trying... And you can tell if you listen to the yeah. call yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you record, I go, you could, well, yeah. I'm trying to do the closing and I'm trying not to do the NPR closing, but <laughs> I can't because yeah. my body's like, just took over. You must and, say this, <laughs> this is what we do. This right. is how we close the show. Right. And I'm like, no, it, yeah, it was, I, I still have to figure it out because I, I'm trying not to come across as some sort of wheel of fortune. like <laughs> What's in it today, Riley? <laughs> like it's... Well, yeah, I, did, I didn't here. get
0: that vibe at all. I thought you guys.
2: It's hard and you don't think about it. And anybody who's on the outside looking in just sees it really easy. Especially no. if you started in an NPR like season three, like well, you totally missed the other of craft. Well, like yeah, it was. Yeah, that's, what, that's what Rob
0: was saying to me. He was like, he's like, look, man, you're comparing it to NPR year you nine. Can. You when cannot you're do that. Student of the Serpent episode one. It's not going to be the same. You cannot
2: you can't, like, you? can't you? Can't don't compare. MP, you can't NPR. You can't compare NPR episode four seventy two to Colbert Corner episode one. No. There's going to be some growing <laughs> pains. Yes, and the problem is, is that. Just because of so much of our personalities are in NPR, there is going to be some overflow. I yeah, sure, Absolutely. I can't not be me, <laughs> right?
1: I so. And I
0: think the thing that I thought that was missing for me, and I talked to Rob about this, is that like mm. me and Rob, you know, we talked to each other probably once a week. It was funny when we went to see Rob; his wife was saying, "So this is the <laughs> guy that that steals my husband away for husband. hours." <laughs>
1: <It's> like, oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. But
0: like, <laughs> I was trying to sort of capture those conversations, right? Because to do because yes, it was because I didn't I didn't know I didn't know how to ta- I don't know I don't know how to explain yeah. it but like we would start and I was like okay I'm not interviewing somebody I'm the one that's talking and like right. it it it's it's like a different it's a different approach and like I couldn't do it and like right. it's you funny because it, one day when we release the uh unedited cuts you'll be able to hear the uh the craziness that was me, like, I can't believe I can't say can't it. Can talk I this. can't believe I
2: can't talk. <laughs> Rob's like, it's okay, man. You know, he's well, all like, come on, man. It's, it's hard cool, because, cool. I mean, like, the, whole no. of, the whole point of this show is we're talking to the person, we're talking to the guest, and then you and I will talk to each other. It's, like, very co hosty kind yes. of like, you know, whatever, but... um You, you drop right?
1: off? No, you're oh,
2: there. I heard the noise. Weird. I think it so, but then there's like, so when you, when you're with that, well, it's just Riley. There's with Riley and me, there is no guest. So it's very much Riley has a packet about an animal that I've never heard of. And he's telling it to me and I'm asking the questions and kind of getting us keeping the ball rolling and stuff right. like that. But thank God it's only a 30 minute show. Cause otherwise I'd just be like, So now what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, And it's like, I don't, I don't think, I don't know what you guys, but there's not like, it's sort of like carpet cliff notes. Some episodes might be 10 minutes. Some episodes might be 30 minutes, but like, you know, it's sort of like in that wheelhouse, you know, it's, but with, with student of the serpent, it was kind of like, um, trying to pick. So what I was trying to do and, Rob was talking to me about this too. It's like, I was editing out parts, right? Yeah. But he was saying what I should do. He's like, don't edit out parts. He's like, just take parts out that you like and then sort of put them together. And then it sort of changed my mindset. And that's sort of like when I was like, Oh, okay. All right. This is how I have to do it. Because like NPR, I'm taking stuff out. Like, Oh, we said that wrong. Taking it out. You know, Oh, we didn't do this. Taking it out. But with this, it's like, you're putting it in. And with Colubrid corner, I don't even think I really edit. I did edit a little bit, but I right, didn't. Right, because we, edit we recorded, too much.
2: Them, recorded both at the same time. Yeah. So you had to edit some. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, um, and then it was funny. I was trying to figure out, like, I'm like, what kind of music should I put at the beginning? it
2: to be? I don't know what the hell. <laughs> you, you pick some sort of like. Dubstep sample thing, and people are like, "Man, I dig that music." I'm like, "I don't know what the hell he did." Like, it's
3: like I was like,
2: it's kind of
0: opens." I was like, "It kind of opens up," where it's kind of like, so like this is sort of where I get out is, of like, it, I right?
2: I listen to it, and I, and I'm listening to the music, and I'm waiting for Welcome to Your Bird Corner with your host Eric Burke and Owen Max is <laughs> in my brain, right. like it, yeah.
0: So. Yeah, So it was, uh, it was cool, but yeah. So check them out. They're all on their own feed. So if you want to subscribe to those or you want to see what's going on, just go and, and, and type it into whatever podcast app you use and you should be good. If for whatever reason, it's not coming up. Just give us a shout and I'll try to add it in. I think I've added it to everything that has a podcast. I'm not sure, but if there is one that's floating around that you can't find it on, just, uh,
2: there, there, It's also on a lot of things. So if you can't find it, just, uh, Try to search a little bit more. Dig a little bit deeper. You'll find it. We promise.
0: And then uh, two last things I have. One, usr.org. Make sure to uh, become a member. Give some support. And then myself, E.B. Moralia. And that's all I got.
2: Cool. For me, it's rogue-reptiles.com. Also, rogue-reptiles on Facebook.com. It is snake shipping weather. Yes. Jump on it now because it's going to (laughs) close.
0: I'm going to be taking pictures as soon as uh, I'm on that's vacation this weekend,
2: man all Saturday. the jungle shed dude things are yellow and black over here i'm like god damn nice. <laughs> so yeah definitely jump on this stuff because uh we will be i will be shutting it down uh cuz the weather's getting cold at night you yeah. know so that's that's a good 50. sign
1: yeah
2: yeah good sign for us bad sign for shipping so yes. um definitely uh get up to us for that um also well, on instagram it's rogue reptiles. uh yeah, so that's it. That's all we have for you guys tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening. We'll catch everybody back here next week for some more bralia Python Radio. Good night. <laughs>